Blog Talk Radio.
Father, for the trials, the tribulations, the fiery fires, the the uh, tidal wave of uh, great white sharks with their mouths wide open heading directly at us. <clears throat> we thank you for all these things, Father, because it does help us to be motivated to be on our Jesus game. Thank you, Justin. God bless you. And um, Father, we just want to praise your name. We want to praise you, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you for being at the forefront of our hearts and our minds and placing a spirit of trust upon us and helping us to be able to make the adjustments in our lives that are necessary to be able to endure. Because I can say for myself, I can't speak for other people, but I can say for myself that if it wasn't for the um, Navy SEAL-like determination that you have instilled upon me from a very young age, that I don't know that I would be able to bear the burden that I have with the understanding that I have. But yet at the same time, it is a tremendous blessing. Father, we do not know for sure that David Doetry's vision is going to be what is going to happen. We would like to believe it. Uh, it certainly stands out as a high level of likelihood amidst other supporting prophecies and dreams of people that have been taken to heaven and talked to you. Um, it, it just adds up. It really, really, really adds up, and it's an amazing thing. And if we do understand these things properly, and we have some semblance, some semblance of understanding of, of the timeline, then we're very close, and we praise you for that, Father. We thank you so much, and we pray together, as it says in Matthew 18, verse 19, and I'm, I'm going to quote it exactly because I carry it around with me, as you know, in my pocket wherever I go. Thank you, Jesus. Except that this time I have it out of order. Oh, hallelujah. You know, the funny thing about me, Father, as you know, is I I can't, I, I love your scriptures so much I get carried away. And what starts out to be two or three scriptures turns into four and five and six and eight and ten. And before you know it, I get a stack so big, I can't even fit it in my pocket anymore. But again, I say to you, 
If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that anyone listening to this program right now is praying with me. Because the one thing that we know for sure is that we're on planet earth. And Father, we ask that as we struggle with all of the burdens, the things that we really can't see a way to get around and just continue to fight our way through every day, Father, please hear our prayers. Father, please, in the name of Jesus, we hold up this scripture to you because it was you who was the author through the Lord Jesus, the word, of these words that we are embracing as promises from your Holy Bible. We pray in Jesus' name in accordance with Luke 21:36 that we will be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man, which can be in no other place but at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Father, we praise you for the people that you have been so kind to take to heaven and help us to understand the layout of heaven, where people end up most of the vast majority of Christians end up when they go there. Just so many subtle dynamics that help us to be able to stitch together these little nuances that are so humongous to those of us who are anxiously awaiting the transformation of our bodies. Recognizing that if for whatever reason, Father, you have so decided that we are to suffer through some of the things that are heading our way right now, and boy, are they close. There's going to be a lot of us that fall. I don't think I don't mean that they're going to, we're going to stop believing in you at all. That's not going to be it. But oh, we're going to die, um, and uh, prematurely probably. I don't know. None of us know anymore, Father, because I would have thought that we would have been gone a long time ago, honestly. And we're here. And those great white sharks, those metaphorical great white sharks, are heading straight at us. They're not too far away. But there sure are signs and wonders and all the things, my goodness gracious, that you have warned us about in the Olivet Discourse, that you have warned us about Jesus through Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, all the things that are unraveling in the scrolls that have obviously had their seals popped in Revelation chapter 6. We even have threats of a an asteroid or a meteor or some type heading toward Earth that a lot of people are pointing at right now. But yet at the same time, we just don't know. And we know that you don't want us to know. And we know that you do not want one to perish. And we know that you want us to buck up and be like Jesus. And if that requires suffering, bad suffering, then it may be something we have to go through. Not all of us will. Some of us have been supernaturally blessed, and that's great. And you're, Father, the judge of our hearts. You're the one who tests us. You're the one who refines us. And we just pray that you will use us up. Use us however you want. Whatever it is that your will is for us, so be it. So be it. 
and give us the courage of Joshua to help us to understand that we need to be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed, for you, Father, the Lord thy God is with us whithersoever that we go. And we praise your name and we thank you, Father God. Help us to have unlimited trust. Help us to have, wow, unlimited determination and absolutely no fear. No matter what it is we may think we face, no fear at all, total trust, and perfect peace. For you will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you, because we trust you. Father, we need a spirit of trust poured out upon our heart, upon our soul, and upon our spirit. And to recognize the spirit of power that you have given us through the name of the Lord Jesus. And to not take it personally that your heart is so big and so loving that you're going to do whatever it takes to bring as many people along with us as possible. As a matter of fact, in accordance with Matthew 22, there's going to be two groups, a minimum of two groups. And probably a whole bunch more out of the great tribulation in accordance with your word. And we just give you the praise for all that mercy, Father, because that is a lot of mercy considering the situation that we're facing here on the earth as it stands now. And we praise your name forever and ever. And we thank you. We thank you for honoring that scripture for us and counting us all worthy. We would all like to come home now. But if you need us to do other stuff, so be it. We praise your name. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we are again. Uh, And there's no shortage of weird news of the weird, but uh, at least we're over the hump now for the time being uh, from the creepy aliens walking around the Miami Mall. Um, praise God for that. But that, that there is no shortage, I can assure you, of supernatural events that are occurring in the sky. You know, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Um, all the – it's just amazing. It's truly amazing. And, um, you know, all we can do is keep on pushing through. Um, for those of you who are suffering um, at the hands of your spouses or with health issues or – well, gosh, I sure hope not addiction issues at this point. But if you are, I really so pray. I pray so hard for so many. So many have asked me to help, you know, to pray for them because they just cannot seem to quit smoking. And I'm like, on. I pray so hard for them. I, I know what it's like. But, I, you know, I, I also know since I've been there that um, you got to do it. You just got to do it. I'm serious. You just got to do it or you're it's not going to be a good thing. You're going to be really sad. You're going to believe me the, the the things that are coming upon this earth that are heading our way right now at extremely high speeds are so horrible. Oh, my goodness gracious. They are so horrible. So horrible. Um, it, once upon a time, I used to believe because I hadn't I just didn't know. I didn't know any better. Um, I used to believe that, um, you know, we were going to, um, you know, hit the uh, six seal, uh, go through the three days of darkness, uh, go through the transformation of Isaiah 60 verses 1, 2, and 3, and then uh, leave on the 40th day later without any regard to the fact that, you know, I mean, I knew that the meteor was going to hit off the coast of of, uh, Puerto Rico. I knew that it was going to cause a massive tidal wave and 22 million people were going to die on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. I knew that. Um, There's a lot of people that I know that live out in the uh, direct strike zone of the Cascadia subduction zone, and we have that queued up. That's queued up like a a, uh, golf ball at a driving range. That could happen any day now. it's it's like everything that we have been talking about for the last oh how long folks how long how many prophecy only shows that I do where I just did the whole show is dedicated to you know uh, playing um, prophecies from Dr David O'Rourke God's Healer Seven um, reading prophecies from Julie Wedby a whole bunch of other people um, and you know lining everything up coordinating it. Uh, making estimations of what order they might or most likely would probably happen in, reading the Sarah vision, having her on the show two times. How many times have we played, you know, reruns of that program, which is powerful. Um, and then to discover, you know, through exceedingly supernatural confirmations that there is, in fact, a barley harvest, a wheat harvest, and a grape harvest. To see all the nuances, to have the, all those things lined up for us and... Um, and then to find ourselves in a place, really, right now, where the things that are ha- coming at us, they're so close, folks. They're so close. Matter of fact, at this time, whether, you're, whether you know it or not, the target date is May. So we got January, halfway through, easily, well, almost. Feels like we're further through. Um, half of January, February. March, April, May. May is when the evil ones that are 
the entities, the reptilian beings, the these they're just entities. They're entities from such a dark, dark, dark place that are running, I don't know what you want to call it, that are purposefully on behalf of Satan destroying the United States of Babylon the Great and turning and continuing to turn it into the, such a country that God would want to burn it from sea to shining sea in one hour, Revelation 18. Not that it hasn't been there for a long, long time for the majority of us, but now, how could anybody not see it? And then you have that horrible deception associated with the Seven Mountains Mandate people out there just confusing the issue. Oh, don't think the rapture's anytime soon. Don't think the rapture's anytime soon. They're so convinced that Jesus is going to come back and take over Hollywood and take over the school system and, take, you know, just take over. That's what the Seven Mountains are. It's, uh, I forget what they all are. I could look it up and read the other. But I do highly recommend you go to... Go out there and do a little bit of homework on it. One of the, one of the best places to do homework on the um, heresy of the Seven Mountains Mandate, which so many of these people that we you know that are relatives are following after, you know, <clears throat> the pillow prophets that David Milk- Wilkerson warned us about. They're all they all buy off on that. They buy off on it, and they believe it because of a couple of misinterpreted scriptures in Isaiah. And you would think they'd have enough, but they just wouldn't, but they are. And so that that creates this whole pool of false prophetic tongues out there that believe that we're not in the end times, which I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But anyway, so... We're just going to have to go ahead and deal with it. We're going to have to keep on plugging along. I'm, I just found out that, you know, my job situation is uh, is going to be stepped up to about, well, to a point that it's probably pretty much intolerable for a person my age. But I got to, I got to do it. I don't have a choice. They're going to force me to. Um, I had one person who has been a friend of mine, friend of the radio show and a friend of mine uh, for years, and uh, she was worried about my blood pressure and seemed to be in tears because she couldn't get a hold of me. And it's going to get worse. So, um, you know, so I could sit here and sulk because I'm my life is going to get taken over by my job. Or I could say, praise Jesus, that I have a job. So I choose happiness. I choose joy. I choose knowing that just knowing that we're close enough, you know, Sooner or later, things are going to spring forward. Sooner or later, things are going to hit people. Sooner or later, the comparative piece that we're in right now, it's going to go away. But it's fascinating to me how many people are still oblivious. It just, it's, as Jonathan Kleck would put it, it's so mind-bending that you have to scrape your chin off the floor with a spatula. And I don't even think that does justice to the astonishment that those of us who have been aware of these things for a decade plus, 15 years, 20 years, some people 20, um, before me, even completely waking up. I didn't really totally wake up to how far into this we were until I was awakened to the um, 9-11 thing. Um, I was still kind of... You know, I became very forgetful. I knew a lot of these things were coming. I had studied a lot of these things even in the late 80s. I'd read books that were like three inches thick on these subjects. 
But, you know, life, life has a way of just shoving you over the cliff. I mean, you get to a point where you're, you're fighting so hard just to be able to keep your job that, you know, you just, what are you going to do? And then the Lord got through to me. Oh, man, it was a set of circumstances. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I would have to do a whole nother, I don't know, probably take me about five hours to give my whole testimony. And I've even had people try to talk me into writing a book, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> when am I going to have time to do that? I mean, for today, um, I had no breakfast. Um, I had a protein bar. And at lunch, I shoved it down my throat because that's all the time I had. And then I had um, – uh, I ran downstairs really fast and shoved a can of Genova tu- tuna in uh, uh, oil, uh, olive oil. I mean, I literally pounded it down my throat because I was at the, I was at, I was out of time. I had to come up here and start the radio show. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it is the way that it is. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And um, to those of you who are going through horrible things with your spouses, horrible things with your families, horrible things with your jobs, if you have one, praise God that you do because there's a lot of people that don't. A lot of people that don't. And, um, you know, we it's going to get worse. And that's the thing that's just so, it's a bummer, man. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but it is a bummer. Uh, but anyway, on that note, um, we're going to just go ahead and uh, hammer through it all as best as we can. All right. So, um, uh, and then we'll have at 8.15, I don't know if Brother Lauren is even listening. Uh, Sister Nancy's been so upside down and busy. I have no idea if Brother Lauren is even confirmed for the show tonight. No idea. No time to check. Um, uh, and she's busy as a three-legged cat in a room full of rocking chairs because um, her husband just, you know, <laughs> taking over her life. That's just the way he is. <laughs> Praise God. So, um, you know, it is what it is, and we're just going to have to deal with what we got, you know, and just keep on punching through and trying the best we can. Praise God. And um, uh, and so uh, thank you for your prayers. I do pray for you. Um, and uh, we're going to keep on uh, keep on keeping on as long as we possibly can. There probably will come a day that I have to do a show right out of my email where I can't queue it up in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. Because it, it's getting so, that crazy now. Um, and um, I wish that that weren't the case, but, you know, it, you know, I, I, God's will be done, right? Amen? All right. Praise God. So anyway, on that note, kids, are you ready? Yeah! All right, kids. What is a knight's favorite fish? A swordfish. Kids, all right, kids. What do you call a frog that's illegally parked? Toad. <laughs> kids, you know toad, right? Hey, you're pretty smart tonight. You're on it. Kids, how do trees go on the internet? This is a little tricky. They log in. Oh, you don't have to log in, kids? What? You, you, don't have any, what? you don't have any passwords on your computers? Shame on you guys. you got to get some passwords on those bad boys. You're going to be very sad if you don't. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And don't make it an easy one either. All right. So hmm. I'm going to try to play this and see what happens. I don't know. It, it, a lot of this stuff has cuss words in it, and I don't mean it to. I just cannot. I can't edit it. So let's see. I don't even know. I, I, I had this for the last show, but I just never got to it. Let's see what they're saying. 
What is happening right now is there is a large meteor. This sort of looks like a meteor heading straight down toward the Earth. All right. And people are filming it. They said it's recorded in Homestead, Florida. And now that meteor has split into one, two, three, four, five. It appears to be six. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, seven, eight, nine. Nine individual objects. And then they start to do some kind of, you know, hokey pokey dance in the sky. And the people start, you know, making comments on it. But anyway, that kind of thing right now is happening so much. Now, you know, Elena, she's really into the supernatural. When it comes to the uh, the fallen angelic beings and how they behave and all that kind of stuff, man, she just – she needs to, like, quit her job and just do that stuff all day long, 24 by 7, and post it up on her website. But anyway, I don't – you know, I can't even keep up with her. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now this is um, – let me see how many of these things I want to go ahead and – Son of the son of the world economic co-founder says arrest them immediately. I'm just going to I'm just, just going to read this to you. So the son of the World Economic Forum co-founder Pascal Najadi calls for the arrest of the World Economic Forum members, citing that their complicity in injecting a bioweapon into 5.7 billion people, from which he and his mother are now dying. He says, it's democide, whatever that means, and you'll be judged. It will be corrected in the name of humanity, this guy says. So I could play his testimony, but you pretty much heard right there what the guy's saying. So this guy's actually the son of the co-founder of the World Economic Forum. Wow. Praise God. i got to tighten up the little mic boom here. I must have shoved it around too many times. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's move into the rest of the news. Ladies and gentlemen. sure how it says it's two minutes and 20 seconds long so i'm going to go ahead and play this for you but i want to let you know that the now normally this would be like oh yeah no kidding why are you bothering to share that but here's the thing this guy's name is pierre gilbert and he made this announcement in 1995 let's see what he has to say i don't even know who the guy is but it showed up um under you know the global reset information that was being posted on twitter an old video from 1995, a theology professor named Pierre Gilbert well, there you go. warned of mandatory vaccines that would turn recipients into zombies. He speaks in French, so I will translate. In the biological destruction, there are the organized tempests on the magnetic fields. What will follow 
is the contamination of the bloodstreams of mankind, creating intentional infections. This will be enforced via laws that will make vaccination mandatory, and these vaccines will make possible to control people. The vaccines will have liquid crystals that will become hosted in the brain cells, which will become micro-receivers of electromagnetic fields, where waves of very low frequencies will be sent. And through these low-frequency waves, people will be unable to think. You'll be turned into a zombie. Don't think of this as a hypothesis. This has been done. Think of Rwanda. There is a... All right. <clears throat> now, we've already played the testimony of that gentleman that was working for DARPA, the Defense uh, Re- uh, Advanced Research Projects Agency. And he had said uh, that it was through the graphene oxide, super, you know, the nanoparticles and everything else, that it would lobotomize people and turn them into zombies there. And now you got this guy, Pierre Gilbert from Canada. Uh, you heard the intro uh, from 1995 saying exactly the same thing. But I'm sure they'll blame it on the zombie deer, right? That we talked about, I believe it was on the last show. Praise God. All right. And, um, I, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm sorry, but, you know, the news is overwhelming. And I, it's so fantastically difficult to do all the things that I need to do because um, the time's going to run out. So anyway, it, it's just kind of how it is. And um, I'm sorry. I apologize. I wish there was something I could do about it. I had, I definitely didn't see it coming. I definitely did not see us being here on this earth for what we're experiencing right now. Something in my head made me think that we were going to get out of here before it got this bad. But right now we're looking at May for the reptilians that are running this country, that are purposely destroying it for Satan himself. Um, And um, what can I say? You know, the the word out there is that they will be signing the World Health uh, Organization, the WHO, See, you got to understand that the person that's running the W, you know, the person that's the mouthpiece for the WHO, he's part of the World Economic Forum. It's all coming down from Satan. It's all coming down from the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. It's all coming down from the Club of Rome. It's all coming down from these these people who live absolutely unspeakably hor- hor- horrific lives. I mean, stuff that they, they do stuff like every single day that if we even knew about it, we I don't, we'd probably be throwing up perpetually just throwing up. That's how bad it is. I will not repeat it. I will not repeat it. But we already know through um, relatively main, I don't don't know. You know, Sound of Freedom was the tip of the iceberg, folks. It really was. It was the tip of the iceberg. tunnels all the way over to where Epstein's headquarters was located and it just it's just to get the plot just gets sicker and more twisted and evil I mean every single what what goes how many days go by before we do a show three and the last prayer vigil got stomped on by Satan 
you know, whatever. And um, I don't know. Like I said, I'd love to have the time to edit it and put put up something, but whatever. It is what it is. It is God's will be done, just like when Jesus was laying there uh, after the Garden of Gethsemane, and he fell, fell on his face, and he prayed to God, saying, Father, if this is at all possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And that's exactly where we are right now. Praise God. All right, thank you, Jesus, because this stuff is heading right at us. All right, this um, this particular uh, tidbit of information states that they're calling it breaking news, and they're saying that Barack Obama is extremely concerned about Donald Trump's political strength. Biden will pull out of the presidential race over poor health, according to a J.P. Morgan strategist. So evidently this person that published this on Twitter is relatively well-connected. There's also a bunch of garbage out there, too, like J.P. Morgan's going to go under and all that. And I'm here to tell you. They're not going under. Okay? No way. All right. So anyway, um, see, the problem is a lot of people, they're, they're so lost. They want the United States to recover. They want Donald Trump to come and save the day. They want all these things to happen, and they're really hoping that all this, you know, uh, stuff getting – all these cats getting let out of the bag, the Epstein list, uh, the Chabad Lubavitch movement, the stuff that's going on over in the Middle East, they're really hoping that that stuff's all going to turn around. They're hoping beyond hope that that stuff's going to turn around. But I don't know about y'all. When I read my Bible, I don't say nothing about nothing turning around. So I'm sticking to the Word of God, all right, which means that we got some bumpy roads, you know, and uh, we just got to keep on seeking righteousness and holiness with all of our heart, self-examining ourselves, praying, confessing of our sins. Every, you know, Did you know that Daniel, Daniel, if you carefully read the scripture, especially in like Daniel 9 and 10 and stuff, you'll see there's some scriptures there where Daniel was confessing of his sins before God, as beloved as he was to our Heavenly Father. Imagine that. So that's where we are every day. Self-examination, continuous confession of sins to Jesus directly. Don't be tricked. He is our mediator, and he alone. Praise God. So, again, be advised that uh, now uh, there's this, I don't know, it's it's a game. It's a movie. They're playing out this movie script, this satanic movie script, and Obama is pretending like he's concerned about Biden when Obama already knows that Joseph Biden is dead. As a matter of fact, one of his relatives, one of, one of his uh, I don't know if this is an offspring, a cousin, but there's this lady out there who claims to be maybe a grandchild of his, whatever, and she she's very vocal about it. She's like, you know, Joe Biden is dead. He's been dead for a long time, which, of course, would explain the masks and the doubles and all the other weirdness they're doing and all that. So anyway, praise God. So uh, so. They're, now, now, of course, the people who don't know any better, they're going, oh, panic in Washington, D.C., panic for Barack Obama. Nobody's panicking, folks. No one's panicking. The people that are on the side of Satan, they're excited because this is their time to shine. Remember, Jesus said, if I had not cut those days short, no flesh would have been saved. Where do you think we are? We're in those days now. Praise God. All right, next headline up. The White House warned that, and by the way, I, I kind of put these tonight. I put Sometimes I'll cluster this uh, particular topic in a cluster. Uh, 
and I'll talk about the Houthis, and then the Houthis, and then the Houthis, and then the Houthis, and then I'll talk about the shot, and the shot, and the shot, and the shot, and then I'll talk about this, and this, and this, and this, you know, and I'll try to clump them together. But you know what? Tonight I just thought to myself, I'm not going to do that. First off, I didn't have enough time, and then second off, I thought that's not really going to make as much sense as it would if I let it play out in the order that it actually manifested itself to those of us who are watching the end times unfold. Amen? So that's kind of how I'm going about this. All right. So anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and play this before I get in. Uh, I will say that the next headline up was that the, uh, that the White House has warned that Israel cannot take Hezbollah. So in other words... <clears throat> What happened was, according to this report, of course, you can't believe most stuff as far as you can throw it nowadays. So you never know if you're getting – look, when you're in the middle of a war, the first thing that goes away is any truth at all. Everything is a lie. Everything is a counterintelligence. You know, the Houthis claim that they blew up a, a United States Navy ship. Do you think we're ever going to hear about it? I can tell you as a fact we will not hear about it. Unless somehow it leaks out another way or there's film footage taken of it, we're not going to hear about it. Central Command is not going to come out there and say, we're going to make an announcement that the Houthis just blew up the USS, you know, skullduggery or whatever. Uh, so it isn't going to happen. So, you know, did it happen? We don't know. Will we know? Probably not. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I try to stick as close as I can to analyzing or sampling, if you will, information from so many different sources, people that have biases on all sides. That way, if someone does have some footage, we might be able to find out the truth and sort through. Because let me tell you something, when it becomes a war, when it's a matter of national security, let me tell you something, everybody clams down. Kind of like the men in black and the testimonies about the creepy entities that were roving around the mall. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the next one up, I'm going to play a little ditty here. Uh, I'm watching my time as much as I can, but it's awful hard, folks. I got so much. I, I got enough material to fill up the entire show. Plus, we got Sammy coming on at 8.15. We got Brother uh, Peterson coming on. So it's going to be what it is. Again, this is Chris Hume with the Lancaster Patriot. I'm still outside Amos Miller's organic farm operation behind Amish, me is man. the building. Uh, they're not allowing anybody in there to film, to ask questions. Apparently, they're not even allowing Amos Miller, the, the owner of this establishment, into the building to see what they're doing. Now, that's very concerning. We don't know what they're doing. Since there's no one filming it, we don't know if they're, you know, could they be adding any, any sort of foreign materials to the milk? Intentionally, unintentionally, we simply don't know because we are not inside there. We're not allowed to be in there. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. But Amos Miller has been under he's, – he's an Amish guy, and he sells organic food. And, of course, the evil ones, the satanic crime syndicate, the seething evil shapeshifters, they want that stuff poisoned. They're running out of time. They need us to be dead. They're running out of time. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The next one up is the destruction of the West is intentional, according to this particular poster on Twitter who calls who refers to himself as the anti-WEF. He says all, not just some, but all of our leaders all over the globe didn't all get stupid and incompetent all at, ex at the exact time. Coincidentally, he said this is global treason, is his point, and the destruction of the West 
And when he says the West, he's talking about the West as we see it as well. The United States, the United Kingdom, the European Union, uh, Australia, um, you know, Canada. He's got them all up there. This guy's got photographs of every one of them that are in on it. And it's getting worse, not better. And don't even get me going on Vivek Ramaswamy or whatever he is. Swami Wami! Who's just, he's, he, who's educated, his education was paid for by the World Economic Forum, and he's a fast talker, Betty Crocker. And he comes on and tells everybody what they want to hear. He's stealing every word that Obama says. Folks, come on. It, the Satanism that is so thick right now, you can cut it with a knife. So it's, it's you know, we just got to, you know, bear with the burden, stay on our knees, pray for the lost, give until it hurts, be what Jesus wants us to be, be what our Heavenly Father wants us to be, be holy and righteous, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, our Father's righteousness, and all these other things will be given unto us. We just got to believe with all of our heart that our Father will hear our prayers when we pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before him at the wedding supper. And the it, it's so phenomenal. I, I was reading a Julie Wedby uh, prophecy that was recently uh, published um, her family, I feel so. I feel bad. They're they're going. They're 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 struggling. Everybody's struggling. Every everybody, every single buddy is struggling. And uh, it was fascinating. She net her the words that come out of her mouth on behalf of the Lord. It's just amazing. I, I it's just amazing. Praise God. I, I was trying to sign up, and uh, her website appears to be not working like it used to. Let's just put it that way. I wasn't even able to sign up for another email. But anyway, it is what it is. The world is uh, world is falling apart. This is uh Prime Minister Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. <clears throat> and we'll just leave it at that. And United States Senator Lindsey Graham having an open recorded and broadcasted conversation. Let's listen in. I'm more dedicated now to bringing stability to your country in this region because I think Iran's goal is to destroy your efforts to reconcile with the Arab world. It's a nightmare for the Ayatollah. It's an absolutely essential ingredient to a better, more stable Mideast in a safe and secure Israel and a prosperous Palestinian people. So I promise you they will not have died in vain. We're going to do everything we can on my end, and I think working with the Biden administration, Mr. Prime Minister, to push forward to uh, make Iran's worst nightmare real. And Netanyahu is standing there, uh, shaking his head yes, shaking his head yes, shaking his head yes. Now, what does that tell you? Have you done any homework at all on the military equipment that Iran has right now? If you haven't, the news is not good for us. <laughs> you think Lindsey Graham might be in on it? You think he might be a shapeshifter? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he must be, because you can't be that dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm, my mind is fried. I'm just going to tell you. I, I don't even know what to think anymore. All right, let's listen to this. I tried to play a little bit of this the other day. It's just a few seconds long, but I want you to hear it a little bit better, because we ran overtime on the last program. Probably end up doing it again tonight. But let's listen to this. Fascinating. And this is we're Megan not Kelly. Jeffrey Epstein. I can tell you that for a fact. can't tell you how I know, but I can tell you for a fact, we're going to hear a lot more about Jeffrey Epstein in the coming year. 
uh, and you may be even hearing from him directly. Ah, so when we were doing when when all of us weirdo conspiracy theorists were doing our analysis on the so-called dead body that they pulled out of his first off, you can't pull that off. There's no way that they could have pulled that off unless it was the CIA. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was the Mossad, it was the CIA, it was the three-letter agencies. It was completely coordinated, just like what you would see in a Born Identity movie. And those wacky conspiracy theorists pulled up all kinds of photographs and compared the the shape of his nose and the shape of the dead body's ears and all this other stuff. And we were all saying, Epstein ain't dead. <laughs> you know? uh, and now Megan Kelly's saying, over the next year. I'm like, uh, Megan, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Are you seeing what's happening around you? So anyway, uh, anyway I'm, I'm sorry to say that I... I fear that maybe many of us will see a lot more than we want to. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Just remember, praise, worship, prayer are your best friends. Hallelujah. That's where the power of the Lord Jesus comes around. That comes through us. It, we funnel the power of Jesus through us, through us. Okay, so just keep that in mind for the days to come. Don't be afraid. I'm serious. we got to get that out of our heads. You know, it troubles me greatly sometimes when I get somebody email me and they start to get all scared and stuff. And look, I get it. But I'm in the same boat. I'm probably even in a worse boat. Okay, so it's, you know, we're all in this together and we got God on our side. Okay, all that's happening is what our Heavenly Father wants to have happen. To bring in the fullness of the Gentiles. To wake people up. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm looking at the time, and I'm going to go ahead and flag this. I really want to play this uninterrupted. I need, of course, Sister Nancy, I know she's not listening because she's just over, over overwhelmed. And if she is, maybe by a miracle, um, she might know that I am asking her to not book any of my empty days. Leave them alone and let me try to catch up with the news if it is, if it is at all possible. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. I want you to hear this. Um, not really sure how well this is going to come through the computer, but I'm going to give it a try and we'll see. All right. And here we go. This is that same lady who did the, the uh, opening dialogue. Here, let's hold on a second. Here we go. 24 was going to be bad, but not like make my ex look good kind of bad. <laughs> now, do you thought the whole Miami creature thing was weird? Oh, God. Is it too late to see if 2023 will take us back? Check it out, guys. Okay, so I can't deal with TikTok. I just can't. But and and it's you know I, I, I'm gonna leave it at that. I can't deal with most social media, and I don't want to. And the only reason I use Twitter is to try to stay on top of the apocalyptic news. But I will tell you what this lady does is she takes the video. She's got that kind of time. God bless her, and uh, she is a Christian. And um, she, um, what what is happening here is that there you can see the skyline 
in the video. So there are people holding their cameras up and shining it right up into the sky. It's dark out. There's a lightning storm happening. And every time a lightning bolt happens, in the sky, they are seeing what appears to be very, very clearly these enormous creatures. And when you slow it down to the point where you're doing it like a frame by frame by frame by frame, it becomes really visible. Matter of fact, they actually called it a sky man. Power, signs, and lying wonders. Second Thessalonians 2. I mean, my goodness, are we close or what? I mean, we are. We are very, very close. All right. Now, need a little bit of a comedic comedic break is that the right word comedic break this is jim gaffigan now believe it or not he's actually at the golden globe awards jim gaffigan and he's accepting his golden globe award and i'm going to play this for you because we all need to smile especially with all the creepy weird dark news that is so abundant right now praise god all right here we go hold on Wait for it. Thank you. This is amazing. You know, <laughs> this is so exciting for me. The Golden Globes. I mean, I I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't. I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town <laughs> in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> He actually said that, and you can believe that probably two-thirds of the people in that Golden Globe audience were heavily involved in all of that creepy stuff, and worse, much worse, much worse. All right, but anyway, um, we're not going to get into all that creepiness because I just don't feel like it. Um, we got plenty of other creepy stuff we got to talk to, talk about tonight, anyways. All right, um, now. The next, under healthcare news, um, and I wish I had made a note of what website this was from, but I did not make a note of it, but under the healthcare section of it is a major website. It says, why, did there, are, why there are fears over a triple-demic, not a pandemic, but a triple-pandemic, are surging. Cases of three major respiratory viruses, the flu, COVID-19, and RSV, are surging in the United States, pushing the country toward a feared triple-demic during the first post-pandemic respiratory viral season. And then they go, you know, then there's a lot of speculation, this, that, and the other thing. But I can tell you, a lot of people. I know a lot of people, including myself, <clears throat> that, um, you know, I'm, I still got, you know, thank God it's, you know, the infection part is gone. But, yeah, the the getting better part takes forever. Oh, my God. I mean, 100 percent better. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I don't even got anybody, in, you know, that lives in my house that, that took like a bunch of shots or any of that kind of stuff. So it was just it was just I was. You know, I was on the airplane. Now, I did just order a big old bottle of hydroxychloroquine. Woohoo! And it's going to be showing up any time now. Uh, and I'm glad because in uh, before all of these lies started coming out about the, uh, pan, the, the pandemic, 
they took hydroxychloroquine off the shelves. Um, in 2019, January, hydroxychloroquine was an over-the-counter aspirin-like drug uh, that was available. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's one of the safest things in the entire world that you can have. It's very safe. As a matter of fact, uh, the people, you know, the doctors without walls and, or, or borders, doctors without borders and all that, that work over in countries in Africa that are very prone to malaria and stuff, they call it the daily pill. Because it's an antiviral. It's, it's what they call a prophylaxis. So if you're um, exposed to a virus, but you've taken your one hydroxychloroquine that morning, you're not going to get the virus. Prophylaxis. Now that I totally dig because I'd much rather avoid it. The problem is that you got to do it, you know, early. Well, that's okay. I'll use it. You know, before I get on the airplane, I'll take a hydroxychloroquine. Once I arrive in Vegas, which I'm being forced to do or else lose my job, I'll take a hydroxychloroquine. I'm not worried about it. I got a bunch of them coming, and they, and they've gotten cheap too. All right, praise God, thank you Jesus. Unlike the ivermectin, which is still through the roof, which is, which is why a lot of people are buying the the apple flavored horse horse paste from Tractor Supply. And then if you do that, that's fine. It's not cheap. It's never cheap. Okay, but what you do is you just take you know uh, you squeeze a tube into you know whatever the amount is. And I know they say it has to be by weight, but I'm like ah baloney. Um, and uh, you know, but a lot of people are afraid, and that's okay. You can be afraid while I'm taking it. <laughs> Hallelujah, if I have to. But I'm not going to you know, go to that if I don't have to. I would rather use colloidal, you know, a shot of colloidal silver and hydroxychloroquine as a prophylaxis, which means you're protecting yourself from getting it in the first place. Hallelujah. All right, which you can believe I'm going to have a good supply of that on the way out. The, yeah, it's like, you know, I, there's a side of me that wishes that half the company would come down with something so bad. Just to teach them a lesson, but, you know, is that a godly way to think? Oh, probably not. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And on we go. Next one up. North Korea threatens Seoul, which is the capital of South Korea, as the tensions build over the military drills. So not only did they, uh, I think they said 200 salvos. 200 salvos on those islands were exploded. So, so North Korea's aggression is really through the roof lately. Really through the roof lately. They're doing uh, all kinds of fire drills, all kinds of preparation for launches. I mean, how much stuff did they get from the Russians? Probably a lot more than we think. A lady has come forward... And her name is Juliet Bryant, and she has come forward and said, and I am quoting her, I saw Jeffrey Epstein shapeshift into a reptilian. She said, uh, in front of my very eyes, like an alien dragon. It was very scary, she says. And you know what? I'm not at all surprised. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, I'm going to play a little bit of this. I wish I could play as much as I would like to, but the show would have to be an awful lot longer. The one, This is part, a little snippet out of the Brett Weinstein uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. It's episode 60. So if you do have a Twitter account and you want to try to find it, just type in Tucker Carlson EP period space six zero. 
and it'll take you to it. It's an hour long. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take you to the 30-minute mark, and that's where it really starts getting interesting because Mr. Weinstein, as brilliant as the man is, unfortunately cannot fathom that there could be a group of people so evil that the things that are happening are actually happening, that they're doing it on purpose. And I was like, uh, well, that's kind of an inherent flaw in your logic, buddy. But that's okay. The guy means well, and he's obviously very brilliant. But he just cannot fathom. A lot of people can't. A lot of people cannot believe. They just, not for the life of them, they cannot believe it. But if they knew what we know, and we probably, you know, I don't even know what you know, but I know what I know. And it's bad. It's bad enough that I don't even want to talk about it. And it, and the stuff's leaking out right now faster than I can. I mean, it's coming out. It's coming out in front of everybody. All of it's coming out in front of everybody, which of course is creating this whole new generation of people out there that are going, oh wow, we're going to turn it around. We're going to, you know, there isn't going to be a global reset. There isn't going to be this. There, one person even published uh, a video uh, from uh, Klaus Schwab and uh, making the claim that he was, oh, he was all upset because they weren't making progress at the speed that he went, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, the, the opinions and the feelings of people, particularly those who don't under, understand the Bible and how it unfolds, don't know the, wouldn't know the Olivet Discourse if it showed up for Thanksgiving, okay? Yeah. So imagine having a hundred different levels of understanding out there. A hundred. And that's what you got. People are all over the road. Um, so anyway, let's take a little listen of this Weinstein, um, uh, uh, Brett Weinstein with Tucker Carlson. All right. Because it gets interesting at about the 30 minute mark. Grand terms that three. All right. Let me see if it'll let me scroll out to the 30 minute mark. Uh, it's forcing me to do it the hard way. Wow, this may not work out at all. Yeah, doesn't like me fast-forwarding it. Doggone it. I'm not, I don't usually have this problem. It's probably due to the size. It's a full 59 uh, minutes and 51 seconds in length. And um, sometimes when it's social media, it just... You know, it's got 6.5 million views, and um, no, not going to work. Oh, well. So basically, what I was just going to play for you is that this guy Weinstein and Tucker Carlson were discussing the fact that um, – they, you know, ultimately that they he they believe. Okay, this Weinstein guy believes that these guys don't realize what they're doing, and they talk an awful lot about May coming along, the month of May, and the and the worldwide signing of the World Health Organization's pandemic treaty, which by the way is going to be merged with the United Nations treaty, and it's going to. And, and do you think the Antichrist is going to sign it? I mean. Well, I'm going to Vegas. Place your bets. Place your bets, right? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yes, of course he's going to sign it. You know, while they're bouncing Trump off the walls and coming up with some other ridiculous, no pun intended, trumped-up charge. Anyway, so who knows? And then, of course, there was that thing that was, oh, my gosh, everybody on Earth, I think everybody on Earth was talking about it. They had actually uh, filmed 
a handful of, I don't know, security people? What were they? Some kind of, I don't know, workers or something. They had yellow vests on, and they were standing outside of a car musing over what it would take for someone to assassinate Donald Trump. And they even joked about JFK while they were doing it. Oh, maybe they can get him to get into a convertible. I mean, the people are openly talking about this stuff. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, um, okay, let me see if I am see if I can do this here. Okay. So an occasional listener of the radio show is Nick. He goes by the name of Chris. He says, if the country were to theoretically fall into chaos before the elections, how would it actually work if there were no elections? And I said, if the country was truly in a civil war or at war in some way where there was total chaos, then they could institute martial law and they could shut the country down, Post, postpone the elections until order was restored. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Um, and then I reminded him about National Security Directive number 51 under the shape-shifting uh, George W. Bush. That is a very sick, twisted family. It doesn't get any more evil than that. Really evil. In, their, in the Bohemian Grove, when they go there, the Bush family, they, have, they call their little hideout where they do their abominations. Uh, Gog. But I explained to him about National Security Directive 51 for the continuity of government, and I'm pretty sure it has a provision in there that will ultimately lead to them instituting Obama as a de facto fearer, a de facto fearer. So what they would essentially do is it wouldn't be a presidency. They would just simply say under National Security Directive number 51, sort of like um, – you know, like the, uh, uh, the the movie with Kiefer Sutherland, you know, um, I can't think of the name of it. Whatever. I've got to move on. I just don't have time. Uh, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I've, I've talked about this many times before in the past, but um, last, last designated survivor. There we go. All right. Praise God. So and I think it's prophetic. I think designated survivor is prophetic. And I think it has everything to do with National Security Directive number 51 for the continuity of government. Government. OK, they, they look, shoot Donald Trump. World War Three breaks out. Everybody's out. Every, all the militias are out in the street. People are getting slaughtered, murdered, bloody murder all over the place. The United Nations comes in. The Chinese troops are activated. The Muslims are killing people left and right like crazy. People are dead. You got to imagine there's a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 dead bodies bleeding out, little kids everywhere on the street. This is how bad it's going to get. All right. So to add insult to injury, um, the Lubavitch, Chabad Lubavitch group. Oh, boy. So there is a group of Khazarian, uh, exceedingly evil Babylonian Talmudic Jews that are not Jews. So these are the Jews that are not Jews that are spoken of in the book of Revelation. Unfortunately, though, most people don't even begin to read their Bible. They think they're Christians, but they've never so much as opened their Bible once or twice. And they're doing exactly what exactly what Satan wants them to do. Exactly what Satan wants them to do. So anyway, um, the word is, okay, so basically, the Chabad Lubavitch movement, which, by the way, are Babylonian Tal Talmudic fake Jews. And um, they have sex with children. They have sex with babies. 
um, they dig tunnels. They control the Israeli government. They work with the Global Santana Crime Syndicate and people like Graham, Senator Graham, to do what? To start World War III. Okay. Well, they got busted. Okay. Um, and I guess it's in, it's in a place with the, with the address 770. Uh, but anyway, uh, New York, P, P, the NYPD, it, it broke out into a riot. They started throwing, you know, they got all angry and the police had to stop them. It just got insane because somehow somebody had discovered that they had, <clears throat> excuse me, that they had these underground tunnels, you know, like Hamas, except they're for doing really, really bad things to children. Really bad things. So then it turns out that when you read the uh, actual excerpts from the Babylonian Talmud, it says that they have permission to have sex with as long as the, the child is under the age of nine and they're a goy, they can have as much. They can do whatever they want to to them. It actually says it in the in the Talmud. So again, the Chabad Lubavitch movement is. Bar none, the Jews that are not Jews, and they are the most evil, satanic entities walking the earth. And they hate our gods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, and then it goes on. Another uh, another uh, report comes out a little bit later after after the original, you know, where they were throwing over the bleachers and screaming and throwing, just having a fit. Um, you know, and all this stuff. Well, when the police went down into the tunnels, they pulled out a bunch. They found baby high chairs. They found uh, little tiny mattresses stained with goodness gracious what. And people were like, you know, uh, injecting comments and saying that needs to be tested. They need to be held accountable. And then um, then they discovered that the actual tunneling system goes underneath all the way over to Epstein's mansion and a whole bunch of other creepy places in New York. And, and they haven't even figured out the reach of where all of it goes. It's sick. And evidently, the members of this group from all over the world come to this particular location because it is the Chabad Lubavitch headquarters. This is a really, really dark, sick, twisted group of entities. All right. Of, of I don't know what you want to call them. Where do they get these? They're, they're devil worshipers. And, and, and I don't know. How can you? It's mind blowing. I've known about this stuff. I've known about the Babylonian Talmud. I just, you know, you got the Noahide laws. If you if you believe in Jesus, they can chop your head off. I mean, the list just. You, you think the Muslims are bad with the Koran? These guys make them look tame. Oh my gosh! Ugh. And we're still here. <laughs> what are we doing here? Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The Democrats lie about allowing illegals into the uh, country to vote. Let's listen to this. See if I can get it up. All right. And this is a lie, but here. Uh, have not been eligible to vote in New York or, for, as far as I know, in any other state uh, since the He's 19th a liar. century. That's not true. The New York City Council voted in December to allow this. It begins January 9, 2023. Cities in Vermont and Maryland already allow this, and similar measures are under consideration in Illinois, Maine, and, and uh, Massachusetts right now. Mr. Gentleman, will you? Yes. Uh, I believe those are um, considerations of allowing votes in municipal elections only. Right, but, but th th thank you. That's the point. <laughs> 
Everybody wants to know at home, why would they allow this? Guys, they're allowing it because they're going to turn them into voters. They already are doing this in New York City, largest city in America, and this is the plan of our friends on this side to turn all the illegals into voters. That's it, folks. That's what's going on. Actually, Johnson is 100% incorrect. That is not it. That's just the tip of the iceberg. These people need to wake up, and they need to do something about it, and they practically lost their – they're like one person away right now. One more Republican steps out of the Congress and out of the House, and it's, you know, forget it. And it's already kind of forget it anyways. We already know that. All right, now General Mike Flynn made a comment, and this is very, very, very important, and let's go ahead and read this. All right, he says, folks – We are in the initial stages of a much bigger global conflict. Americans need to stop thinking this will be a major regional war or, as the military calls it, a major regional conflict. We are in the initial stages of a much bigger global war, and the conclusion and consequences are far greater than anyone can currently say. We simply don't know how this will end. We just know things are not going in our favor, principally due to to those that are leading our nation. Well, it's kind of worse than that. And then he says at the end, if you pray to a higher being, pray tonight. You know, General Flynn, you should have just let it out. And then he says, may God bless America. <laughs> what do you think all these Satanists call Lucifer? God! You think in God we trust on our dollar bills has anything to do with our Heavenly Father? <laughs> Come on! So anyway, it's but you got to do your homework, and this homework goes back for decades, and you know a lot of people don't do that kind of homework, and they they want to put their hands on their, you know, oh say can we see, and they tear up and all that kind of stuff, you know, because they anyway it's just yep, it's a lot worse than people think, a lot worse. Um, and one of the reports here says the United States defense officials and members of the Biden administration, which of course, what does that mean? have reportedly begun to understand in recent weeks that the negotiations have almost totally failed and that a major regional war in the Middle East may soon be imminent with several battle plans and contingencies. And, of course, they they show, you know, troop transport, planes and everything. And there's, you know, we're not hearing the whole story, folks. I'm here to tell you. All right, we're, we're touching the tip of the iceberg. All right, praise God. Um, this other guy, this guy, he calls himself Just Dario. He is a an economic expert, and he is exceedingly concerned. He's like this just then. Um, he says the SMB Bank, which is a Swiss, you know, the Swiss National Bank, okay, says that they had skipped their second payout in a row as record losses haunt. The central banking system. The central bank itself expects to lose two thousand. I'm sorry, and tw- uh, expects that 2023 losses will come to approximately three billion francs. That's just the losses, and the shareholders aren't getting a penny. Now, to a person who has made it their entire life to study stocks, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, government bonds, all that, you know, global trading, for them to be flipping out over this, I mean, 
in this particular post, it's exclamation points, freaked out. I mean, th- this guy is troubled. And you know what? What's the third seal? Global financial collapse. Global financial collapse. What's, where did, where's Saudi Arabia turning to? The BRICS nations. You getting it? The petrodollar is about to collapse. Oh, but Donald Trump's going to come back and save the day, isn't he? You think? Guess we'll have to wait and see. But first, <laughs> praise God. First, let's get some good news from Brother Sammy Mwangi. Praise Jesus. And um, I'm, uh, I want to double check something. I'm 99% sure. Uh, hold on a second. It's just been an absolute insane day. And pretty much every day for me is just going to be insane. It's just going to be it. If I get three hours of sleep a night, that'll be a miracle. But it's God's will, obviously. All right. So anyway, um, let me see here. So typing in some stuff. Just double-checking my math. All right, and let's go ahead and bring on Brother Sammy Mwangi. Praise Jesus. Brother Sammy, are you there? I'm here, John. Can you hear me? I can hear you. God bless you. We're so glad you could join us tonight. Let's uh, Thank you for bringing, uh, taking the time to bring us an update on uh, the missions and the missions trips and things that you guys have lined up and the work that you're doing because it is a powerful blessing to the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to come on the radio and give some updates. And um, I've done this for years, and I've, I, I've never tired doing this, and I thank God so much. So let me just start by, first of all, saying Happy New Year to everyone. I want to trust God that, uh, you know, we are enjoying this year. Even though there might be situations and difficulties, we know God is on our side. He is with us. And um I've been thinking of the words in the num- in the book of Numbers 6, 24 to 26, and, and that's uh, my prayer for all of us, that, you know, God is going to keep us well, uh, that God is going to protect us. You know, it actually says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his uh, face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And um, that's my prayer for everyone, uh, that the Lord is going to bless us and keep us well. Amidst everything that we go through, we are going to experience him and see his hand, and he's going to uh, lift his countenance upon us and give us peace. That's what we need in our day-to-day. So, John, uh, again, Happy New Year. Thank you, John, always. I want to give some quick updates. Actually, just came about uh, uh, one week and one and a half weeks I came from Kenya. I came on 29th. I had a mission trip in December. Uh, as others were celebrating uh, Christmas and everything, I was still there in the field sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and um, it's just an amazing thing. Um, we had um, I had three different crusades uh, together with others in different places, shared Christ, trained uh, pastors, and uh, it was amazing. We had a total of 55 people who gave their lives to Christ in those meetings, and uh, we are trying to put uh, them in groups uh, so that they can study the Bible. And, and so that's, that's always a big thing for us, that um, when people get saved, we don't just want to say numbers. We want to make sure that we can follow them up, we can call them, we have their contact, and um, we see what God is doing in their lives. So we are, we are, we are doing that uh, together with them. But let me just also just give a, a brief of 2023, because... A lot of people that listen to us 
on tribulation now they are our supporters and they have given us finances so last year by god's grace and uh, this is not a report about us it's about what god has been doing because it's god who enables us to do whatever we do so it's, it's a report about the workings of god last year we were able to reach at least uh, six thousand people had the gospel and over 700 got saved last year in different countries, and we really thank God uh, for them. We are praying for them. We are reaching out to them to make sure that they are discipled. And um, we even had some graduations with the people that are using our discipleship book last year. So there are a lot of things that good things that happened. Uh, we also worked on a study book for the New Testament. Uh, we call it Study the New Testament in One Year. We realized, and John, you can bear me witness, not many people are able to study the Bible consistently. Um, it's even worse in Africa where either people don't have these Bibles or they, they, they don't have, of course, funds to do apps on the Bible. And so what we've done is, um, apart from distributing Bibles, we are helping them to study the New Testament. So we um, that um, guides people what to read this week, chapter by chapter, and some discussion questions. And people are extremely excited about it. Um, we are mobilizing people to study this year, and we'll do the same again next year before we go to the Old Testament. Uh, but churches have adopted it, schools. So our teams are going to schools. And uh, through the Christian uh, teachers who are saved in those schools, we start doing the Bible studies with them. And we just pray that uh, for more grace, pray with us that you'll have more grace. As we knock doors in those uh, public schools, private schools, um, many of them actually don't have a big problem accepting us to go and um, start Bible studies using our discipleship books. So this is new. Uh, the book is new. Um, it's available on soft copy online, and uh, we are encouraging people to download, and then we'll start doing translation in different languages as usual. And... Um, we, 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 we are very, very grateful to that. Been, we are in the process of printing about 7,000 copies and uh, then starting to distribute them. Uh, the other thing, John, uh, last year we had a lot of, apart from evangelism and discipleship and reaching out, we also had empowerment program in different countries. Uh, you know, graduated women in sewing schools. Last year we also started donating um, uh, sewing machines to the women that have graduated, and they are extremely excited about that. They are already making money and feeding their families. Then we had the support for the farmer countries like Burundi, where we are doing Bible studies. We are putting those women in groups, and they are doing other things to help themselves. So we have farming groups in Burundi, and we are, we, yeah, last year alone we helped more than 300 uh, women to farm, you know, with seeds, with training, with manure, we also rented uh, small farms for them for the next three years. They have a place that they can farm. Uh, these are indigenous people from the forest who don't have a place of their own, but we've rented land for them and secured it for three years that they can use, they can farm, and um, they, are, they are very, very excited. Another big program, uh, part of our empowerment program was the water project, which uh, I've mentioned it before. This was huge. Uh, in the Maasai people in Kenya. These are uh, families that used to travel uh, more than five miles, just one way. So both ways, 10 miles to fetch water, to drink for their um, animals. And they, of course, go with their animals there. Um, but with this well that we have, people are so excited. They can now bring their uh, cattle in our well, and others can uh, just fetch water to their neighborhoods. 
which is now nearer from where they were going before. And through that, also, we started farming and the most, using the water, and the people are learning. They are doing stuff. They are making some kitchen gardens in their homes, and it's just so exciting. We are calling them smart homes, um, you know, where they have some farming going on, and they have some chicken there. They have some other animals that they can keep, the, go- the goats and all that, and we are very, very excited. And the other main thing, you know, we, our ministry has three thematic areas, which is evangelism and discipleship, empowerment and also education and in education we continue to support over a thousand students mainly in congo kenya and pakistan and so these thousand students are always excited you know we raise money for teachers and um, last year by god's grace 2023 we completed a school in Ijwi island right in lake kibu and um, this is a place where kids don't have an opportunity to attend school but by god's grace we have done this school and the kids have joined this January. So excited. We, we got more than we, we needed. I think 460 students who registered to, to come to this school. And they've been waiting for this opportunity. And we really thank God. But also in Kenya, we started um, supporting Maasai kids, uh, boys and girls. Some of these boys who are just having animals, you know, taking animals from place to place, never had an opportunity for school. We took some girls, we took some boys. In fact, the girls were just waiting to get married. As you know, in the Maasai, they can marry off at 12 years, 13 years, taking these girls back to school and giving them a livelihood. And we just thank God so, so much. So our schools that we have adapted now, we are doing weekly uh, mentorship classes where our team goes to talk to the girls, uh, talk to the boys, and just help them out. You know, we, we rolled out. Um, program for sanitary pads for girls, and it became so popular. We started with 200 students, and now 600 of them have registered to receive the sanitary pads um, so that they don't have to miss school for, for days every month, and this is also very, very exciting. Uh, finally, December 28th, just the day before I, I came back, uh, in fact, the day I was flying back, I visited this boy called Moses, uh, who, who I'm talked about before, Moses was thrown in a bush by the mother when he was just some days old, maybe a week old. And um, when we learned about him later on, we were able to pick him up and uh, we've been helping Moses. Now he completed uh, his primary school there, they call it elementary. He's going to high school, which is a big thing in Kenya, uh, and especially for kids like Moses who are open. It's like going to college here, you know, for some people. And now Moses is waiting to join his school. He performed so well. Now we, he'll be transitioning to this boarding school. Usually good schools in Kenya are boarding schools. It's like the opposite here. I also went to a boarding school uh, so that you don't have to do big chores in the evening and all these different things and fetch water. So you go there and you concentrate and you study and you know education means everything back in Africa. You know, you get education and your life will be completely different. So... I want to take this opportunity to thank all our supporters because uh, the support we get is what makes this big difference. I was telling somebody who was telling me that uh, he has only won two people to Christ in all his life, and I told him, no, 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 you've won so many that you do not know because this person supports us. I was telling him, every time we are praying with people and leading people to Christ in Africa, it's because of the support we get from here. So every time... Um, we, we see thoughts coming to the Lord is because of you, John, 
and many, many others listening to me right now. So you've been winning souls even without knowing. As a Christian organization, you know, every support we get goes back to the people. And I just want to thank everyone so, so much for your support. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to do what you've done. But God has used you so that he can, be, uh, he can bless people in Africa, people in Pakistan, and everywhere else. We couldn't have achieved our milestones in 2023 without your generous gifts. Uh, from every committed uh, partner. So thank you so much for choosing Pipes International. There are many other organizations there you could choose, but you chose Pipes, and we ask you to continue supporting us even in this 2024. Thank you so much, John. I think that's all for now. Um, wanted just to give that update, but I think I, I need to mention that we've already mailed letters, mails, uh, uh, we've mailed uh, the donation contributions for 2023, so if somebody wanted to use, I know there are some people who ask us to send them for uh, tax purposes. Pipes is a tax-exempt organization. And so when you get your letter and you want to use it, feel free to do that. The others who don't want to do that, but we have mailed to everyone that we had addresses and others we have also emailed. So in case of anybody missing something, please let me know. In case of something that needs to be adjusted, you have my email, which is samuel at pipesinternational.org, uh, pipes like pipes of water. Our website, again, is uh, pipesinternational.org. You can even make uh, call me from there. you see my number there. So thank you so much. God bless you. We love you all. And thank you so much for supporting this ministry. Praise God. And <clears throat> thank you, Sammy, again, for number uh, 624 and the blessing uh, associated with that. We just love you, brother. And this is the real deal, folks. Um, what can I say? Uh, all I can say is that it is the real deal. This is exactly what Jesus wants people to do. This is Sammy's on the front lines, and I highly recommend that you take the time to go to pipesinternational.org, uh, like pipes in a house, you know, water pipes, uh, and um, and uh, take a look around. Look at the videos. See the people that are being helped. This, these, Sammy goes where no man has gone before. It's easy. He's like uh, you know, on the Starship Enterprise. So uh, he's definitely touching lives in places where no one, in my opinion, have probably uh, come close to touch, touching. Not to mention that Sammy also uh, employs uh, the use of multiple translations by, uh, and also uh, discipleship evangelism, which is brilliant on his part. Uh, so uh, it really is. I mean, if you if you don't, what what does the Bible say? What is what did Jesus tell us to do? You know, make disciples in you know, all the nations, and and that's exactly what Sammy's doing, and that's why so many people's lives are being changed. And it is, you know, it's it's awesome to be able to have the options that you have to be able to donate directly, and and you don't have to worry about it. it's not UNICEF or one of these weird you know organizations that being run by goodness gracious what all. Uh, this is this is the real deal, and you can rest assured uh, that um, God will be quite pleased. And, and um, I praise Jesus every day. I pray for you constantly. I, I try to let you know sometimes, Sammy, over a text message. Yeah, I know yeah. you're busy. But anyway, God bless you. And thank you so much for coming on the program and updating us. Thank you. God bless you. So, again, that's P-I-P-E-S international.org. And that's Brother Sammy Mwangi. And I would, I, I would tell you, I had, a, I had a friend of mine. I'll just leave you with this one thought. I think you'll get a kick out of this. He said... <clears throat> One of the reasons why the missionaries were not very successful back in the, you know, and he mentioned, you know, a date range. And this guy knew a little bit about uh, proselytizing uh, Africa. He said, 
he said that the, the people that were the missionaries that were going over there, they weren't part of the people there. You know, they weren't African. You know what I mean? They were foreigners. And so there was a lot of, you know, confusion and they didn't trust them. And even John G. Lake complained in some of his letters about how he would go back and say, oh, no, they've gone back into paganism and stuff. And my friend was saying, wait a minute, you're supporting somebody who's, you know, got an African background and is doing missionary work in Africa? He goes, that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> anyway, so this is awesome. Thank you, Shammy, so much for joining us. You're doing exactly what God would have anybody such as yourself do, and you're doing a fabulous job. We just love you. God bless you so much. Say hello to Esther, and, and I hope you're uh, – you're, what's your little baby's name? It's probably it's pretty – Sammy Jr., right on. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, I hope we all get raptured before Sammy gets too much older. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be out there, like, digging wells for the Messiah, and all of a sudden you're going to, like, disappear, and the Messiah is going to be like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? I thought we were going to do a well. <laughs> anyway, we love you, brother. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right. And I'll be con- I'll, and everybody continue to pray for them as well because they're going in some pretty dangerous areas, for sure. All right, thank you, brother Sammy. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. All right, and um, we'll go ahead and looking at the time. Um, now I know that we've got queued up, uh, brother Peterson. So um, you know we want to make sure that he gets right on cue. Uh, there's any will. Um, uh, and I'm sure. But anyway, I, I want to get a couple of more of these things out because. I can't keep up with the the end time stuff that's going on. So anyway, I just wanted to share. I'm going to share this stuff pretty quickly because I want to try to stay on cue a little bit here tonight. I know I'm already over time, uh, but um, I did want to mention that Iran has rejected the ceasefire talks. Okay, so evidently the United States put up an offer uh, to meet with the Iranian leadership uh, to have some discussions about what they could do to back out of the mess that that is currently taking place over there. And Iran said, "Mm, no, don't think so. And if you saw the weaponry that Iran has right now, a lot of it came from Russia for sure. Look, come on. Did, Did Iran create, you know, hypersonic missiles? No. Iran got the hypersonic missiles from where? Russia. The question I got is what other nuclear technology did, did they give Iran? Hmm? All right, so be on your toes, folks. Okay, because the Church of Philadelphia, the uh, they the, 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 they're they're going to start selling tickets pretty soon. If, if my uh, if my hopes are uh, uh, you know hopes and dreams are met, but anyway, because you know I'm getting I'm getting sick of doing this keto diet, and quite frankly, I would really like to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, like tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so um, next one up. Fears grow over Iran's nuclear program as Tehran digs a new tunnel network. Great. All right. So, and by the way, that was from the New York Times. So it's hitting pretty close to home right now, a lot of these things. And what's interesting is a lot of the reports that are coming from the Middle East are matching up, which is kind of surprising, with a lot of the reports that are coming out of the mainstream media. I don't know, you know, like the Washington Post and the New York Times. And when they start to match up, mm, that ought to be, you know. That kind of unravels the the uh, ball of yarn a little bit. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. All right, now they tried to blame uh, the entities, these entities, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate out there, uh, made a feeble attempt to try to link 
Donald Trump to the Epstein evidence and list, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, turned out that this particular person was – his name is Mark Ruffalo, and uh, he is uh, – he actually put false information up uh, accusing Trump of being part of the whole, <clears throat> you know, Epstein list of evil. All right. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next headline up. Breaking news from the Iran Observer. Like I said, I sample stuff from both sides of the – all sides, all sides, from Europe, from Middle East, from the good guys and the bad guys. Because you know what? Nowadays, folks, <laughs> short of Sammy Milwaukee, there isn't a lot of people you can point to today that, are, that, are, that you can say with any assurance that they're good guys, if you know what I'm talking about. All right, don't even get me going on, you know, if you have time to watch a little bit, you know, maybe the first episode or so of, of the uh, documentary on Netflix entitled The Family. Oh, boy. All I got to say is, oh, boy, just remember this one thing. No, 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 forget it. I'm not going to get into family. I'll talk about that some other day when I actually have some more time, which will be never. <laughs> but watch it. And just remember that it's a misinterpretation of Romans 13 that they're banking on. It's a lie. It's a lie from the devil, and they are demonic, but they don't. A lot of them don't know it. All right, so anyway, um, uh, so again, uh, the Houthis uh, warn of strikes on the United Arab Emirates if they hire mercenaries to attack non-Israeli ships. So anyway, and then the Houthis come out, and they made a formal, very public, very loud proclamation that we will not stop until the genocide stops. Okay, now that's, that's the head guy making that proclamation. Okay? So again, uh, and when, when they, they're doing an awful lot of stuff, folks. It's getting really, really bad. If they have not successfully hit a United States Navy ship, I would be very, very shocked. But the United States Navy would never admit it. Uh, that I can promise you. Been there, done that. I pray, never got shot by a Houthi, but you know what I'm saying. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, if all that fun wasn't so much fun, there's more. State of emergency in the country of Ecuador. Breaking now. Gunmen now shooting at the police and vehicles in Ecuador. Now, listen, the Ecuadorian uh, revolt that is taking place right now, it is ongoing. Okay, so um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, but um, here, we'll just take a listen to this. This is the beginning of the, the Ecuadorian revolt. <laughs> That's just the beginning. Several days later, another report comes out and says the chaos in Ecuador continues. Shootings and murders are everywhere in the cities. And then I'll see if if this comes over the audio at all. I mean, it's just kept on going, getting worse and worse and worse. Okay, now all this, I don't hear any audio or shooting in this particular one. But what I am, what I can tell you is there are... Oh, they just... They're flipping out, the people that are filming it, and there are literally, it appears to me to be over 100 rebels running through the street in blackout. They just shot a guy in the street. They just shot a guy in the street. Yeah, there they go. There they go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right. Enough of that. Okay, so uh, Ecuador is being flipped. And what I mean by that is they're probably going to institute a new government. And it's probably, you know... (laughs) CIA. 
It always is, isn't it? All right, praise God. Oh, and if that's not enough, what about Poland? Remember all the stuff that's going on in Poland? How they pulled up, you know, F-16s, got freaked out because they were uh, Russia was using uh, this, the the Sinzol, uh hypersonic missiles to take out many, uh, you know, just. And we'll just say an innumerable set of locations all over the country of the Ukraine. Well, that freaked out. You know, of course, Poland got all freaked out. They started lining up F-16s and thinking, okay, it's coming our way. Well, guess what? Now they're revolting in Poland, and there's a major uh, rise up. I don't know what you want to call it. It's It says, police stormed the presidential palace in Warsaw and arrested two conservative MPs. The Polish people are rising up. This is a developing story. Well, let's see what we hear here when we – here, here. So um, I guess I've just joined uh, 13 Downing Street. Okie dokie. And, of course, you all know what they were saying, right? I can't repeat it. I'm just kidding. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. U.S. kills 10 Houthis. The United States uh, Navy attacks three Houthi boats in Red Sea, killing at least 10 fighters. Of course, you know. They took that well. Uh, and then, of course, right after that, the Houthis launched a major attack against the American ships in the Red Sea. Um, they fired dozens of missiles and drones. And according to the United States, they were able to shoot them all down with the help of one United Kingdom ship. But um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's a claim. Okay, the Houthis turned around and claimed, no, we hit the United States ship. I'm here to tell you, the United States ain't never going to admit it. No way. Houthis announced that they hit an American Navy ship. Well, that was the next major report that came out of that skirmish. All right, and then the United States Central Command, which is right down, to, not too far away from my house. So, again, if uh, some of those prophetic reports that indicate that Tampa's going to get taken out by a nuke. All I can say is I hope it's like really, I hope they miss their target. I hope it, you know, comes up to the northwest part of Tampa so that I can get out of here a little sooner than normal. It's about the, that, that, now that, that to me would be a good retirement, to be vaporized at ground zero on a nuclear attack on Sengong. But anyway, United States Central Command responds on January 19th at approximately 9.15 p.m. Sana time, Iranian-backed Houthis launched a complex attack of Iranian-designed one-way attack UAVs, OWA, UAVs, anti-ship cruise missiles, anti-ship ballistic missiles, Houthi-controlled area, blah, 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 on and on and on. And then they mentioned uh, the names of all these different ships. They said that they had launched a bunch of jets into the air, and they were able to take out all of the missiles that were coming in. Well, if that's a true statement, all I got to say is there are definitely no hypersonic missiles in that group. But a lot of them were made in Iran, which, of course, makes, you know, <laughs> Senator Graham even more uh, intense about wanting to start World War III. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and flag this one because I think it merits uh, full play. Oh, we need to hear this before we bring on Brother Peterson. All right. I might have to. All right, here we go. Listen to this. These are in Rome, Italy. All right, hold on a second. This is in Rome, Italy. Just a couple of days ago, evidently. And this is a massive Nazi 
rally. Let's take a listen in. But there's this fellow that everybody just liked a whole lot named Mussolini. <laughs> I'll let you look it up. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, uh, next one up. The re- It was announced by a uh, one of the leaders of uh, the Minister of Civil Defense that all people from Sweden need to prepare for war. So the, the Minister of Defense of Sweden announced that all the people of Sweden, says all Swedes, should prepare for war. All right. Well, then, as a follow-up, NATO military equipment is being transferred. And we're, Okay, so what? Since I can't show you the video, I'm going to tell you. This is a caravan of flatbed semi-trailer trucks carrying unbelievable amount of military equipment. By the way, the trucks go on like forever, okay, and they have HIMARS missiles, HIMARS MLRS, AS-90s, Challenger self-propelled guns, uh, were the ones that they were able to see on the back of the trucks. But there's a lot of stuff they couldn't see either. But they they knew what it was. They knew that they're taking NATO military equipment over in the direction of the east. Hmm. Oh, now regarding the Lubavitch, Chabad Lubavitch people, this is kind of disgusting, but it was posted out there. People had taken some excerpts from the Babylonian Talmud. Uh, From Sanhedrin 54b, it says, a Jew may have sex with a child as long as the child is less than nine years old. That's right out of the Talmud. Some pretty dark stuff, folks. And they believe this stuff. They really believe it, and that's why they had those tunnels. That's why they had the stuff that they were pulling out. And personally, I think the whole bunch of them ought to be rounded up and taken down to uh, – um, now, I'm talking about the Chabad Lubavitch people, not the Jews that are Jews, the Jews that are not Jews. These are saintness. They don't think they are, but they are. All right, so anyway, there's a special place in the bottom of Dante's Inferno for these entities. All right, um, there's also some rumors flying around out there that there was an appropriation of up to $65 billion, I don't know if I believe it or not yet, uh, more money for the Ukraine. Now, whether or not I read that wrong or heard that it was, maybe it was six, maybe it was less, but there's a lot of people that are very upset uh, with uh, how it was slipped past the Appropriations Committee. All right, but anyway, breaking news, Zelensky says that Putin will not stop until we all finish him. You know, we got a lot of uh, swastikas on our arms, and it's time for us to get rid of Putin once and for all. And, you know, join with Italy. (laughs) 
my dad used to say, my dad was in World War II, and uh, he used to say, Italy was the only nation to have backup lights on their tanks. That's <laughs> too funny. But anyway, praise God. Um, okay, this is kind of creepy, but we got to hear it because it's happening, coming our way. Digital Euro is on the move. Yesterday, the governing council of the ECB approved the opening of the preparation phase. It will be a journey, and we will walk the journey together with the legislator. Oh, goody. All right, and then another headline comes out and says that Israel is expecting thousands of casualties. The Israeli Ministry of Health has placed hospitals and clinics across northern Israel, including Ramban Medical Center and the city of Haifa, on high alert in preparation to receive thousands of possible casualties. Because after all, if if you're going to be dorking around with Iran and you know what kind of weaponry they have, okay. Enough said. Anyway, like it says in Luke 21, uh, 21, 20, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, get out. (laughs) Get out of there. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up is the Global Digital Health Network. And I'll just go ahead and make mention of this. Okay. So, again, I'm going to reflect back without playing this shapeshifters babble, Babylon. Babylonian Babylon, uh, he's he's a total he's a slave he's a slave for the WEF. So so are the people at the UN. So are all the people in the Congress of the United States. Um, the swamp is way too deep. <laughs> There's no way Trump can drain that swamp. Anyway, um, oh and uh, this is a unpleasant headline: Parents face a seven-year jail sentence if they do not accept child transgenderism in the land of Scotland. Yep, you heard that right. All right, next one up. Mask mandates return to hospitals in New York City, several other states amid a rise in COVID and flu cases. And so this is probably going to lead to me having to wear a mask all the way to my least favorite place, one of my least favorite places on earth. There's got to be a way I can get out of this job. Ah, Dagnabbit. I'm afraid for my children, they say, as anti-Semitism soars, French Jews flee to Israel. Another headline, with each strike, fears grow that Israel and the United States and Iran allies in, uh, are itching to, clo- to uh, closer to an all-out war. And they got dozens of rockets drained, uh, uh, rained down upon U.S.-occupied Syrian oil fields and the biggest strike since October. Uh, there was a big gas strike in a Fort Worth hotel with 21 people uh, injured minimum, and they're saying the likely cause was a gas leak. I'm here to tell you. It's probably not as likely as they would like you to believe. And on that note, let's bring on Brother Peterson. Brother Lauren, are you there? Hey. Hey, I'm hey. here. <laughs> How's it going? I'm here. I'm you there. I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I got lots of stuff uh, chewed up. Yeah, where's Quentin nowadays? 
Oh, he's in the army. Okay. Uh, well, okay. That's that, you know. I, I just is he still here in the United States? Yeah. Yep. Good. Praise God. I pray for him every he's been, morning. Here. He's been assigned to be a recruiter. Oh, that's good. That's, a, that's a good gig. That'll be uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I'll be praying for him and stuff. But it'll be interesting uh, how that turns out. Yeah. And, uh, um, the, of course, you go in a three-year or extend, uh, uh, other rotations uh, to sign if you sign up again. So he he did sign up again. So that's why then he's been assigned to be a recruiter and stuff. So. Um, I'm hoping, you know, a lot of the kids that go through nowadays in the school system and everything, they lack serious discipline, right? You know, um, setting goals and uh, doing what's, what you need to do to achieve those goals. So I'm hoping that uh, one way or another through the Army experience, he learns to uh, to do that, uh, even on a personal level, to be uh, become more self-disciplined, you know. Well, anyway, it's good. Um, I, you know, I pray for you all every single morning, and I just went, you know, I was concerned with all the excitement that's going on on a global level. So he's got a good gig, yeah. you know, right now. That's where you want to be uh, as things are yeah. starting to heat up over in the Middle East. So praise God for that. I think that was an act of the Lord right there. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, so. let me go ahead and turn the mic over to you. Yeah, no, no, it definitely was. I know there's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind, it was an act of the Lord. Accept it. Praise God for it. Jesus. Yeah. He's in a great place. Now he can bring in all the pink, purple, polka-dotted Gen Zers, and, you know, and they, they accept anybody nowadays. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to recruit. <laughs> it's like, you know, no, but honestly, anyway. Uh, because of all that wokeness and not probably other factors, uh, recruitments have been, been way down across all the branches of the military, and so the pressure's on to, you know, get, get those numbers up. And uh, so... You know, it, it's it's also he worked for a while here at a local uh, retail establishment, uh, so local retail establishment, and uh, he he did really well. And he worked worked up the ranks and uh, uh, became head head of that. There was a branch post office there at that retail establishment, and so he worked his way into that into the post office and took all the exams and everything and worked his way up until. Uh, he decided he wanted to join the, the army. Okay, so but he 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 was self-disciplined to achieve that goal, you know, to work work up up uh, to that level in the in the post office of that branch in that local retail store. So I'm hoping that he'll find that in himself, likewise in this new role, to uh, you know to extend himself, present himself, and to present the army in a proper light. Um, in spite of the negatives we hear, to uh, achieve those recruitment goals. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, there you got something to pray for, for uh, uh, one of uh, Brother Peterson's sons. Praise God. So, <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, yeah. Amen. But, All right. Well, I'm going to turn the mic over uh, to you and let you, you know, go ahead and you, run. You, okay, no, go yeah, ahead. you hit on so many so many topics tonight was, you know, like you said, everything's spinning out of control and all kinds of weirdness and, and stuff going on all over the place. But I want uh, uh, to read something from 
book of Jude. It's only one chapter, so it's not too difficult to find it right before the book of Revelation. But it's verse 4 I want to zero in on and makes you wonder, did uh, Jude and the other disciples, were they aware of this phenomenon and were they actually struggling with it? So I'll read verse 4 here. For certain men crept in unawares, unnoticed, undetected. They crept in. They blended into the group, the crowd, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Is Jude subtly indicating shapeshifters as well as the lineage of Cain? Long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness. Isn't that what we are discovering now in the tunnels in New York City by the Shabbat? Lewdness. And deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, right there, verse 4, folks. Were our disciples contending with these types of people even in their time and calling them out, okay, <laughs> makes you wonder, right? And if you, typically the traditional view is just ungodly men, okay, certain men, ungodly men, okay, on the spiritual level, but on the traditional model, not indicating, not understanding, are we really talking about, is Jude really talking about not just spiritually ungodly men, but also shapeshifters that crept in unawares and that brings in then what um, brother zen has mentioned and i'm aware of too i think it's uh, chapter eight of the emerald tablets of toss that even he mentioned and wrote extensively in that chapter about these shapeshifters that would blend into the population and they would work their way into um Go, you know, uh, govern, you know, being in the governments and key um, leverages of power and mo- money and everything, just like what we're seeing today. You think Klaus Schwab is a normal human being, or is he one of them? Okay, and his sidekick Harari. You know, they're both. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're both of that persuasion and so you can picture the younger one servicing the older one if you kind of get what I'm talking about you know lewdness <clears throat> okay um and so you then if you get that understanding verse 4 and you start reading in that understanding that light further down through Jude it takes on additional understandings, okay? But I want to remind you, though, you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. And it extends even just a simple service unbelief, but remember the story that there was people there that just grumbled and complained and grumbled and complained, which led to unbelief and disbelief and direct, you know, uh, contrariness that they even wanted to go back to Egypt and sign back up to be slaves. (laughs) We see that phenomenon today. People who once delivered, you know, 
here in America, delivered from the shackles, you know, of of the King of England, right? How many Christians today want to be ruled by a king? They want to go back to being ruled by a king. <laughs> Even as it was in the Old Testament. But if you read carefully those stories, there were godly kings and there were very ungodly kings. And if you had the misfortune of having an ungodly king, your life was a living hell. And you had no voice in the matter. Whatever happened, happened. You had to suck it up and live with it or be tortured and put to death or or go along to get along and then face God's judgment down the road for doing that. Isn't that what the church is doing today? Going along to get along, to be all-inclusive? We don't want to discriminate against anybody, especially those shapeshifters. You know, we want to welcome them in, in because they've got lots of money, right? You know, That's what life is about in the United States of Babylon is money, money, money. That's what it is. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, their estate, but left their own abode. That's referring to the 200 watchers that came down Genesis chapter 6. But it might also be indicative of even the the Luciferian rebellion and angel wars, backtracking even further back in time. But I think it's more specific to those 200 watchers that came down. He has reserved an everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh. What are we seeing down there in the tunnels and caverns underneath the Chabad and Epstein? going after strange flesh and massive amounts of immorality that just is on the freak level and makes you want to weep (laughs) that we're allowing this kind of crud in our nation unaccounted well because they're God's chosen people we dare not say anything about them or against them or call it into question we give them a blank check to do whatever they want because they're God's chosen people and if we say anything about it God will rain down judgment on America so we've got a God blessed Shabbat God bless the Jews that are not Jews Okay, they can't wait for certain things uh, folks, Israel over there, led by these satanic freaks, are genociding our fellow Christian brothers and sisters over there in Palestine. Okay, and there's Christians over here that are cheering them on to do that. Do you see the contradiction? I proffer to you that for those who are cheering Israel on to wipe the Palestinians off the face of the earth, including our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, they're becoming martyrs. What they're doing over there is what's going to be done here against you. But you're so blind. You've been blinded. Even by the Scriptures. 
They know how to take the scriptures and weave in and out to the narrative they want to achieve, to the level of deception they want to achieve. Get these unwitting, hapless American Christians to support ungodliness in the Middle East. Pure ungodliness. Unadulterated, satanic behaviors. And God bless the Jews that are not Jews. Okay? So, you read the New Testament carefully and you'll find out that the disciples, apostles, they were struggling with this thing too back then. Jesus was struggling with this enigma in his time on this earth. I mean, read Matthew 23, for example. He like pulled out all the stops, double-barreled those guys, you know. No more Mr. Nice Jesus to this crowd. He laid it on the line. He called them out for exactly who they were. And you look at uh, John, for example, chapter 8, chapter 10, you are your father, the devil, okay? That's not just a spiritual father. That is a literal, uh, literal, lineal descent from Lucifer or, and or the serpent, the serpent seed, okay? And including shapeshifters, okay? They've been here a long time, Um these things. Okay, so I want to read something from the X-Files, just to, as a side note here. From the first uh, regular episode from the first season involving Deep Throat. So some of you might remember that episode. It's, it's got some really cool stuff. So this at, at the very end of that first episode, Mulder is out running on a, um, a track, a round track. He's running around there probably burn off some of his frustrations and what he's just been through in the days before this. Um, and and, and uh, Deep Throat walks out to meet up with him. So Deep Throat, your lives may be in danger. Now he's referring to Mulder and Scully. Mulder says, why? Deep Throat, you've, been, you've seen things that weren't to be seen. Care and discretion are now impaired. I saw something. I, as I said, I can provide you with information, but only so long as it's in my best interest to do so. What is your interest? The truth. I did see something, but it's gone. They took it from me. They erased it, erased it from his memory, see? You have to tell me what it was. A military UFO? Mr. Mulder, why are those like yourself who believe in the existence of extraterrestrial life on this earth not dissuaded by all the evidence to the contrary. Mulder, because all the evidence to the contrary is not entirely dissuasive. Deep Throat, precisely. Mulder, they are here, aren't they? Deep Throat, Mr. Mulder, they've been here for a long, long time. And when I saw the episode at the end there, it's like, wow, you know, laying it right out there. Yes, indeed, folks, they've been here for a long, long time, and it's all recorded in Scripture, in our Holy Bibles. But the church, by and large, is blind to this reality. I know about maybe Lucifer, the traditional understanding of his rebellion out of pride. He thought he could be God and run the show better than God himself, etc., etc. But that's about where they keep it and leave it. 
they don't go for any further. And when it comes to the dual seed lines of Genesis 315, well, that's they just spiritualize that. Well, Eve sinned because she wanted to sin. She wanted to disobey God because she was a weak link. Okay, hey, I'm telling you, the serpent wasn't interested one bit in a weak link. He was interested in the critical link. He was interested primarily his ultimate objective was her womb because Adam, hey, biology one-on-one, folks, Adam did not have a womb. I'm sorry for you folks that don't understand this today. You should go back to, you know, simple biology 101 and learn the correct, you know, uh, birds and bees and things, you know, uh, how things happen. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, what are you looking at? What does it mean? What of the two sexes you are? Not the 67th sex or the 33rd uh, derivative or something, you know. Uh, <clears throat> there's only two. But the serpent seed and the shapeshifters on this planet want us to believe that you can be anything you want to be. We've got now the science and technology to change you into anything. If you're a man, you want to be a woman, we can do that for you. you are a man and want to have a give birth to a baby, we can do that for you. If you're a woman and you want to be a man, we can cut it all off, baby, and make you into a man. <laughs> you know, here's some hormones to change you into a man. And a lot of these people are committing suicide, and before they do that, they go out and kill a bunch of people because they're just totally messed up in the head. Because of all this, because it's running contrary to their true inner nature. For whatever reason, they're dissatisfied. They, you know, I'm not satisfied for, for being a woman, or I'm not satisfied for being a man. You know, I want to be something other than what I am. Well, you know, a lot of us has gone through that phase ourselves, where we're not satisfied in who we are. And we look at other people around us. Why can't I be like that person? And you know, why there's so much like idol worship of singers, you know, like Taylor Swift, for example. Look at all the millions of people all over the world that worship her. She's a new uh, Diana, uh, um, what is that, uh, Asartarte, you know, or whatever it was that the uh, the ancients would worship the female, you know, goddess, okay? Uh, she's kind of like a new version of that, okay? Because in their lives it's lacking that they don't know who they really are yet. They haven't discovered their true identity it's hidden from themselves even okay so yes indeed even we as christians it takes a while to learn who we are as a person learn who we are in christ jesus right it takes a while it took me some time too it wasn't automatic now some people might born in this world might have a very strong personality definition they know who they are what they want out of life and they're ready to achieve it right out of the womb okay but for some of us it, it takes a while some people are are early achievers some people later achievers i'm a late bloomer you know i still have a lot of things i want to accomplish before I, i'm out of here but you know i i'm not depending on the rapture that's not where my focus is. Jesus says we're here to occupy until, okay? While we're here, we're to occupy to do the, the will of our Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. So that's what I'm trying to achieve, okay? And part of that process is learning who I am and and growing in who I am and allowing Jesus to expand me, to help me understand more of who 
he created me to be. Okay? So a lot of these people who want all these changes made to them is because they've never, I would say the bulk of them, the majority of them, have never had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. They've never been born again yet. And so they're they're floating out there, floating out this va- out there in this vast ocean of nobodiness, you know. They don't have any anchors or they look to somebody like Taylor Swift or or some actor and actress or some football player or baseball player as their hero, their their idol because they don't have a personal anchor in their own lives. It's one thing to have heroes that you admire. It's another thing to idolize them, to put them on a pedestal, and they become your idol. That place is reserved for Jesus, folks. And that's why the world is so messed up, because for most part around the world, Jesus has been thrown under the bus or out of people's lives. They don't want to hear anything about it. The very solution that would solve all this solution, they discard. And Jesus said that himself, that he he said, I'm the cornerstone, but they don't want me as their, the, these builders don't want me as their corner, the cornerstone of what they're building. And so Jesus is the cornerstone, folks, but how many people don't want anything to do with him as their cornerstone in their lives? And so we got what we got. Okay, and it's only going to get worse. The more you walk away from Jesus, the more things get worse and the more twisted your thinking and the more you start justifying uh, ungodly behaviors as being normal. So do you think these Chabad people, they probably think what they're doing is normal. They might not have a clue how twisted and demented and satanic they are. Now, that's really sad when you don't even have a clue. And it's been ingrained in them for generations. They've been doing this kind of thing, you know, for generations. To them, it's normal. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, let's go murder a bunch of people. It's normal just to murder people out of the clear blue, you know, or whatever you know, freak thing you think of. It's just normal. But, see, that's where the rulers of this planet want to take everybody else. It's either kill everybody off but before that happens, to return this planet to Genesis 1, verse 2. And the earth had become without form and void of life, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, the abyss. Darkness. Chaos. Where chaos ruled. That every man was a ruler unto himself, a law unto himself. There was no one above them to oversee, to to give direction, you know, or to reprimand. They were laws unto themselves. In other words, they could do whatever they pleased. Total chaos and anarchy. That's what they want to return this planet to. When the days of the serpents and their seed prior to reign supreme, but in doing so, rendered this planet without form and void of life. See, that's where Jesus himself said, unless those days be cut short, no life would be saved. Not even plant and animal life would be left. 
It'll all be gone. And that's what happened back there in verse 2 as one of the effects here personally on this planet happened to this planet because of the angel wars, Lucifer bound angel wars, one of the tangible results of all that happening to our own planet, rendered without form and void of all life. It was a watery graveyard of what used to be here, high-tech civilization here, peoples from all over the galaxy, other galaxies out here on the rim of the Milky Way, these four inner beautiful planets, gems, spaceports, vacation stops. It was beautiful. As long as everybody abided by the laws of God, everything went well, and people prospered, and people loved one another. But when that contagion of sin entered in, first through Lucifer, and then as he's persuading others to join him, corrupting their reasoning, corrupting with a little leaven here, a little leaven there, and which evolved into a full-scale warfare in the heavens. And we remember Revelation chapter 12, where there's a great war in the heavens. Verse 7, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found them in heaven any longer. See, this is the second time this is happening. The first time we find in Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28, and I'll go deeper in a future show on that, but that's the first time they were cast down from the mountain of God, Lucifer was, and those who were aligned with him, then fallen from heaven. In um, Isaiah 14, fallen from heaven and cast down and landing on earth or in the earth. One, there's two ways to looking at what that is talking about, and both answers could be correct. John, when you say, the answer is C, all of the above, or D, all of the above. This is one of those cases where it's probably all of the above. And, you know, we can split hairs, theological hairs, all you want, but, you know, we miss the point of the story of what really happened here. So it could be mean definitely if Lucifer was in the highest, you know, on the mountain of God, that's the highest governmental structure over all creation, that Lucifer was privileged to be on the top of that mountain, okay? And he was cast down from that mountain. So what does that mean? That mountain was the highest dimensional realities within creation. Okay? So picture dimensional realities. That was at the highest peak. Okay, so he's cast down that, from that mountain. So he's no longer enjoying access, unless God permits it, to that mountain. So he's cut off from that highest dimensional reality. And then he's fallen from heaven. Heaven, a lower dimensional reality. Heaven, which is between the mountain of God and the earth below. So he's fallen from heaven, so the multiple dimensions within 
heaven or the heavens, he's falling down through them, okay? And the earth could represent, indeed, this very specific planet we're on right now and or could represent the lowest dimensional realities within God's original creation. I hope you're understanding this, folks. Okay, because if we can understand the concept, the idea of dimensional realities, it would help us to understand the freak show that happened in Miami just recently. Okay, of those tall, tall, tall uh, uh, dark figures, you know, uh, shadow figures that are moving through a mall. I guess they, you know they they probably don't have shopping malls in the shadow realm. And so they were in need of, of some things, you know, that could only find a, a Miami shopping mall. So they're just sauntering through, you know, trying to find out if they if the Miami mall had anything they were looking for. You know, but they're of the shadow realm, so they can blend in, blend out, and appear and disappear with no problem. Okay, and um, the authorities had a, a big problem with that. So a hundred cop cars show up. Cherry's going and all kinds of commotion and black helicopters, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Just another day in America, you know, in the United States of Babylon, okay, another day of a freak show going on. <clears throat> but we can expect more of that freakiness to happen. This will will not be an isolated incident. And I'm going to, about to explain how. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels are cast out and down with him. Okay, so this, in Revelation 12, in my opinion, is the second time this happens to them. So Michael and his angels here... Uh, picture like sheepdogs. Sheepdogs are trained, they're a special breed, and they're trained to go search out the sheep, whether as individual sheep or groups of sheep, search them out and bring them back to the corral, bring them back to safety for whatever purpose, right? So the sheepdogs are trained to go and, and uh, search and uh, corral and uh, guide the sheep back to home base, okay? So in that analysis here, Michael and his angels are fighting. This is a fight. This is a war going on in the heavens. And the, the Michael and his angels are fighting and corralling and forcing the top dimensional realities that Lucifer in his top echelon enjoy within this fallen one-third. Michael's angels are corralling them and forcing them, casting them out of the nine down to the eight, down to the seven, down to the six. And that would also mean that those that inhabit the sixth dimensional reality are being cast down to the fifth, fourth, and third. Those who are in the fourth dimensional reality down to the third. You know, it's pancaking down. Just like we saw in the Twin Towers on 9-11, the top towers being blown uh, the floors start pancaking down, the top floor down the next, down to the next, gaining in mass, gaining in weight, gaining a momentum, crashing down one floor onto the next, onto the next, onto the next, and plowing right, ten, what is it, 10 stories right into the ground. <laughs> okay. Picture that, how this is playing out. Forcing these higher dimensional realities within this fallen one-third 
to pancake down one upon the other upon the other upon the other until they reach the bottom, the third dimensional reality. And so when that happens, you can expect a massive freak show to take place. And that's just within the higher dimensional realities. That's not talking about the dimensional realities that that surround us 24-7, okay? Uh, there's dimensions and parallel universes all around us. You know, we think of the dinosaurs uh, disappearing 65, 65 million years ago or something, but, you know, they're, right, they're still there, okay? They're there in the next room. Imagine, for example, if, if uh, you were born and raised and lived your life and died, the whole shamil okay, of your life in only one room in your house, whatever house or apartment you're currently in, picture, if you can, that the only reality you have ever known your whole life is in that one room. And you, whether you have a window or not, but there is a door to your room. And every once in a while, somebody puts some food underneath the space there. It's like being in solitary confinement in a prison. Only even in those cases, they're allowed, if they're in good behavior, one hour a day to go out to exercise or go outside or something. But only one hour, then it's back in the solitary. So this is a case where you live and breathe and die entirely in solitary confinement of that one room. You're not even allowed one hour a day to go out anywhere or do anything or think any thoughts. It's your entire existence, and yet you know. You know, you've been able to connect the dots here if you have any two-functioning brain cells that there's something beyond that door. There's some kind of reality beyond there, but you don't know You don't know how to open that door, let's say. And maybe for the, the few who do, they open that door. And they find out for the first time in their life that there's something beyond their room. There's something, there's another room with another door, maybe even a window to see what's outside. And outside they didn't know existed, but they had a hunch there's got to be something else out there, right? And so I'm trying to paint the picture here that we have, uh, we're living in a house with many or a, you know, a reality of many mansions, you know, a house with many rooms here. And for most of the, those rooms, we're totally oblivious to them. We're totally oblivious to the realities of those other rooms in our house. And, and the entities, the beings that occupy those rooms, totally oblivious, except for a very few. Remember, like Timothy Leary, the LSD generation in the 50s, 60s, and the CIA experiments with LSD and, and tripping people out and uh, achieving an alternate state of mind. LSD was famous for people to be able to see into these alternate dimensions and parallel universes, creatures, bizarre-looking creatures, horrifying creatures, okay? That Hollywood, in their best day, putting this kind of stuff on the silver screen falls short. Okay. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it was like New Year's weekend or something. The TV, one of the TV channels here, and maybe you know what I'm talking about, was playing two full days, 24/7, round the clock, two full days of Twilight Zone reruns. Okay. So 
I, I happened to be doing some, some stuff in the living room there, and so I had the TV on, so I was able to watch these. And I love Twilight Zone, so even back in the 50s, 60s, this was a revolutionary TV show. And that's why I still enjoy watching the, these reruns. I, I know them well, but because it was hitting on some really heavy-duty topics. But, you know, it's one thing to watch one 30-minute um, episode once a week back in those days or watch them once a night as you can now in reruns. It's a whole nother thing to, to watch them nonstop back to back to back. It was some of those were actually I was getting so into some of the characters, some of the plot lines. It was starting to creep me out. And it takes a bit to creep me out, but it was starting to creep me out. I had to stop watching it, you know, I had to stop watching it because it was hitting the nail on the head time after time after time after time. You see, when you watch something like that once a week or, you know, or once a night or something, uh, then the rest of the time you go back to normal. What you perceive as normal, okay? You reset your thinking, right? Go back to normal. And then you watch it again the next night or the next week or something because you're ready to watch another episode. But when you have a steady diet of that pumped into you and you're absorbing the reality of what that's portraying, it's like your world opens up to that freak show, right? So picture people... And I hope nobody in the listening audience has ever ever experienced an LSD trip out situation, okay? But if you had, please bring it to the Lord in prayer. Repent, plead the blood of Jesus, get that stuff out of you, okay? Uh, because you've opened up yourself truly to the demonic realm, what we call the demonic realm, and alternate realities, alternate dimensions and universes that surround us 24-7 that we're, for most of us, are oblivious to. But it exists. So not only do we have these uh, these upper uh, dimensional realities, the ninth, eight, seven, six, five, four, four, crashing down into our third dimensional reality, but even in within the vast expanse of this fallen one third that exists as a third dimensional reality, that Michael and his angels will be corralling those guys and causing them, you know, to come here. Wow, so what is it about this planet? Why can't it be all this freakiness happen somewhere else and leave us alone here on this planet so we can live our lives in normalcy? Well, there's an explanation. Maybe I can get into it in a future show, but on how some ideas on how maybe how all this happened, how it evolved, why this planet, okay? Um, some ideas tossed around it. It may not be thus saith the Lord God kind of thing, but it'll be some ideas to help us understand better why here, why us, okay? <clears throat> why is this going on on this planet? But we see this. So this freak show in Miami, <clears throat> please expect you can anticipate this is not going to be an isolated incident. More and more and more, this is going to be happening, not just in Miami, but all over the country, all over the world. And John has really been doing his best to have his thumb on the pulse of all this freakiness that's going on. But, you know, after a while, it gets, you know, I can imagine John is getting freaked out by it all, too. It's just overwhelming. 
<laughs> all this stuff that's going on, right? All the more we need to lift each other up in prayer and encourage one another to stay in the faith to Jesus, to read his word, to prayer, to be humble and contrite hearts, right? All the more so as our pushback. So this, in Revelation 12, in my opinion, is the second time. The first time was is recorded in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 when they were cast down and uh, landed down in lower dimension realities or onto this planet. But when Lucifer mentioned his five I wills, he mentioned them in defiance of what God had done to him previously as an act of judgment against him. You see, those are five I wills in defiance against God's judgment against him. He had previously enjoyed four of those in the highest of heavens and in God's very mountain, the mountain of God, Mount Zion. He was already enjoyed those things. He's basically saying, I'm going to recover. I'm going back and getting that. I'm going back up there and getting what belongs to me. It's my will, not yours, God, he's saying, in contrast to what Jesus said in the garden. See, Jesus had a will of his own, too. He had free will. He did not have to go to the cross. He did not have to. In fact, Lucifer, as Satan, appeared to him three times, and one of those temptations was, Basically, bow down before me, and I'll grant you all the kingdoms of this earth. And uh, as a side note here, Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross for these people. You can enjoy your rulership over them right here, right now. I'll give the whole shebang over to you if you bow down and worship me as your God, okay? <laughs> and, and it's all yours. You don't have to suffer the pains and sorrows as though you had committed every one of their sins, past, present, and future. You don't have to do that. You can keep your hands clean of the whole ordeal. Just bow down and worship me, and it's all yours. You don't have to go to the cross. Can you imagine the pressure that was put on Jesus? We think it was just a cakewalk for Jesus to, you know, uh, answer back to Lucifer. But this is after 40 days and 40 nights of being in that wilderness experience, nobody else around with him, and being in total fastness. He hadn't had anything to eat the whole time. And maybe just a little bit to drink, but maybe even not that. You try to fast. I've never tried to, you know. For me, I know better than trying to fast for 40 days. I mean, I'm totally wiped out. I'm sorry, you know. Maybe that's a statement of not being in faith, but it's also a statement of reality. I know myself, okay. Um, I'm not going to do something foolish that would cause me to do something stupid, okay. Uh, If I'm going to fast for 40 days, I want to be under the full authority of Jesus Christ. I want to be totally plugged in, okay, and know what I'm getting into so I know what the dangers are. So Jesus knew what he was going to, he had been prayed up and scriptured up before he went into the wilderness. Thank you, Jesus, for, he knew the scriptures inside and out. And you notice that Lucifer, Satan quoted God's word three times, God's word. 
but leading unto wrongful conclusions. Jesus, God's word, but leading to rightful conclusions. And that's the dilemma we face today and have always faced is God's word. Lucifer was not quoting some bold-faced lie to Jesus three times each, nor even one time he is quoting God's word. And that's how Lucifer will deceive unto the great fallen away, the masses of Christians, to their doom by quoting God's word. And being a Pied Pipers, Lucifer God has his Pied Pipers in a lot of the pulpits around the world. And a lot of the rabbis, a lot of the imams, Pied Pipers for Lucifer, leading the masses to their destruction. But on the flip side of that, Jesus is calling people out. He's calling people out of these dead churches. He's calling Jews out of dead churches. synagogues, he's calling Muslims out of dead um, mosques, okay? And Jesus is even appearing directly in person to some of these folks. Some of them don't even have a clue as to who Jesus, even though Jesus is regarded in, in Islam as a good prophet. A lot of the Muslims don't even know anything about Jesus, but he's still appearing to them because it's the latter-day reigns, folks. And when we get on board praying for the latter-day reigns to reach everybody on the planet, God, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Okay, so God is pouring out his latter-day reigns now, and we get on that program and pray in unison for that. He's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Even those people who don't have a clue to who Jesus is, he's appearing to them directly as shaking the kingdom of darkness to its core. See, we see all this darkness rising up all around us, but God is raising up his people all around also. He's not going to leave this darkness left unanswered and left accountable to. Okay, believe me, he's got a plan, and he's acting his plan. And it's time we wake up our eyes to God's plan of what he's doing in the earth to counteract what Lucifer is doing and all these shapeshifters and these Shabbat folks, you know, what they're doing to counteract that. Okay, so... Revelation, in my opinion, is the second time they're cast down, and we're seeing some of the beginning phases of this casting down process in the in our planet already. Uh, UFO flaps, strange, bizarre phenomena, off the charts. You know, uh, the the uh, the horn the horn sounds that are, that people are picking up around the world. You know, the horn sounds. Uh, UFOs that are cloaked in clouds, but uh, somehow you know they they get uncloaked. You know, and, and people are recording them, recording this. Uh, just all kinds of bizarre and unusual we know about, like um, Bigfoot. Bigfoot, for, for example. So there's a lot of debate. Okay, is Bigfoot terrestrial or is it transdimensional? A debate about that. Well, you know, maybe it is transdimensional. Maybe there's um, Again, thinking in terms of you're living in a house all your life in one room, and you have a suspicion there's something beyond that door, but you've never been beyond that door. You don't even know how to open it up. So you live your life in your own little room, the whole, and you die there. Okay, that's your whole existence. Meanwhile, 
there's there's things going on. There's there's entities out there in, in the other rooms of the house, and they're living their lives, and they're going in and out. And once in a while, maybe one of them actually opens your door and comes into your room, and you're like astonished, freaked out. Where did that creature come from? That knowing that he's just in the room next next door. And that creature happens to know how to open your door and get it into your room, your dimensional reality. But, you know, he does his thing and comes in and leaves. Leaves through the same door, goes back to his normal dimensional reality. So, trans-dimensional, yes. But to the exclusion of higher dimensional realities, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, no. There are higher dimensional realities. There are heavens within heavens, dimensions within dimensions, and Michael's angels are corralling all these entities, these fallen angelics and otherwise, and casting them down from the highers to the lowers to the lowers to the lowers in a pancake down, 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 until they plow into the lowest dimensional reality even on this planet, just like the Twin Towers coming down. I hope you understand that analogy, Twin Towers packing, the floor packing down, gaining uh, weight, momentum, mass, until they plow 10 floors right into the ground, okay? So when this happens here, it's going to be a freak show on steroids. So men's hearts will fail them for fear for what has come upon the earth in those days, okay? And women's hearts, too. Not just a, When the Bible says men, it's not to the exclusion of women, okay? Um and when you think in terms of the Old Testament, even when the New Testament was written down, okay, they didn't have computers. They didn't know anything about electrons and uh, fiber optics and all that stuff and satellites and everything to quickly type something up on a computer and within seconds it's all over the world. They didn't have that technology. What they did have is a painstaking labor of love or duress of manually transcribing one document into a new document, you know, a copy, painstaking. It took a lot of manpower, a lot of money. King Solomon, for example, had the money. He could hire his own personal uh, transcribers, scribes, to not only have his own personal copies of what scriptures they had back then, but copies of documents of other nations around him. I can picture him having his own personal massive library of all kinds of information from countries all around him because he had the money to do it. But your average person didn't. Just like in the dark ages of Europe, you know, and the Roman Empire collapsed, you know, who had the money to to have their own copy of the Bible, of the Bible of that time, okay? <laughs> Nobody, except if you're a monks in the monastery, right, Catholic monks, but even them, they maybe have, uh, you know, a handful of copies, but that was it. There was no personal copies of the Bible for each and every monk, okay? It was a very expensive, time-consuming endeavor to write a, a copy, come up with a copy. And so if you're in that situation, you're not going to, you know, waste words, so to speak. You're going to be a little compacted uh, in your wordage, yet 
maintain the point of what's trying to be conveyed. So when they say men all the time, it's not that they don't recognize women. It's because of this reality they were in. If they were in today's reality, then they most likely would have fleshed it out, men and women, you know, and and in the woke world of today and otherwise, you know, they would have included all that. They they had to keep it short and to the point. So, ladies, it was not to the exclusion or, you know, to necessarily the exclusion of women. It's just they were... They, they were constrained, okay? They couldn't elaborate in further, you know. <clears throat> so this is a safe point where we can read into Scripture men and women, okay, <clears throat> kind of thing. So the ladies are not excluded. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Okay, so when finally when this great dragon, i.e. Lucifer, finally realizes that he's down here in this lowest dimensional reality where he had been cast down before in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. Do you think he's going to be happy about that? Him and his buddies? <laughs> the Bible says that that um, he's enraged. He's come down to you, this is in verse 12, having great wrath. Because he now knows that his time is very short. See, in these higher dimensional realities that he's enjoyed since that first time, his pushback was to to climb up as high as he could go within this fallen one-third and establish his kingdom of God his version of the kingdom of God, and within this fallen one-third then to anoint himself as the most high God within this fallen one-third. So in a sense, he's right. But on the other hand, he's wrong. And that's part of why God then in day one took the reins of control back and he said, let there be light. And he spoke his light into Lucifer's darkness and he separated his light from Lucifer's darkness. A separation, see? Separation implies judgment. So when you read separation or divided in the creation account, implies God handing down judgments. And we'll go deeper into that in a future show, day by day, the judgments that were passed down. But just know that on day one, God is entering into judgment against Lucifer's darkness and what he had done in this rebellion in the wars, okay? And part of that judgment was to cast him down, okay? Cast him out of the mountain of God, down from the heavens, crashing down into lower dimensional realities and possibly even directly on this planet, okay? So um, now when you understand that, in a future show I'll cover more into like day two. What does day two mean? Uh, Day two, let's read that. And then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. I'm sorry, that's day three. Day uh, Day two, verse six. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Now, the waters, when we read the creation count, there is a physical, tangible physical component to this. And that that's what the creationists uh, tie into. 
deep dive into the tangible physical reality of the creation account and in some, and I believe in some aspects they've done a tremendous job of detailing what each of these six ages what God accomplished in six of these six ages but they are sold on that these are 24 hour days but for now let's not split hairs let's just understand in six time periods whether it's 24 hours or 24 uh, you know gazillion hours or whatever God did something on each of these six days to draw his order out of Lucifer's disorder to draw his light out of Lucifer's darkness to restore that which Lucifer had destroyed it's the restorations not the original creation story the Genesis 1 creation story is in reality God's restoration of the fallen one third and once you grab hold of that then the narrative opens up to the angel wars and what God did about it. But here in day two, a firmament in the midst of the waters. Waters has a, a, a tangible, physical, tangible meaning, water as we know it, but also has a spiritual component understanding that's reflected and detailed in Revelation chapter 17. Okay? Uh, nations and tongues and, and, and cultures and, and uh, technologies and everything is implied there of those who rebelled, okay? Firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Here's that word divide, a separation. God is separating waters from waters, groups from groups, angelics from angelics. Thus God made the firmament. This is the separation, the DMZ here. God is separating the unfallen from the fallen, the fallen from the unfallen. He's making a a specification, he's making a judgment call, and he's making a separation here of the angelics. Thus God made the permanent, this separation, this DMZ, what we perceive as outer space, a permanent, and divided the waters which were under this from the waters which were above this, above this heaven. And it was so, and God called the permanent heaven what we call outer space. So he's making this judgment call and he's making a separation of these groups. That's what's implied here from an angel wars perspective. Now from a natural earth-based perspective, it would be there's, if earth was rendered into a watery graveyard, you know, water, whatever land was here before was submerged underwater. I mean, it's just a chaos, chaotic mess here, okay? Uh, former life forms, plant, animal, intelligent life forms, and cultures, civilizations, buildings, you know, uh, you know uh, cities, you know, um, spaceports, all just ripped to shreds and, and through the blender effect, blender effect, okay? Everything's blended up because the earth had become without form. Does that sound like it had form anymore? If you didn't know it was Earth, you wouldn't know it was Earth. It was so badly marred and disfigured and just almost obliterated. Oh, wow. So there's an answer to that enigma on how the Earth became without form. I'll 
hopefully remember in a future show, that involves this Angel Wars dynamic as it moved into our own solar system, okay, and blew the fifth planet, impacting our own planet, rendering it without form and void of life. I'll throw that across the wall right now for a future show. Okay, but for now, these waters, God is making a designation. So in the physical realm, we interpret that to mean, okay, the waters below being, um, you know, oceans, seas, rivers, etc., right, ponds, that kind of thing. Whereas the waters above, okay, we know that there's clouds above, and those clouds are, are, are water clouds, right? They're not dust clouds. They're water clouds up there, water vapor clouds in the form of vapor, but tangible. We can see them, and we can fly through them and everything, right? So we understand that. But in this uh, in this restoration, what God is restoring here is, in a physical sense, placing what later on would be interpreted as a hard dome above the earth, what the flat earthers insist that the earth had a flat, uh, you know, a flat surface above it, uh, a dome above it. But understanding what God did here in day two would then help us to understand what these flat earthers are insisting upon is this dome, that there was a dome of water above the earth. And the further out you go towards outer space, the more it becomes ice as a hard dome surrounding the Earth. It was, and scientists today have, through their telescopes, current telescopes have discovered that there's planets out there that are, they call them ice planets. They, they know that there's, it's not totally encased in ice, but the, the firmament surrounding that planet is an ice firmament. Okay, they're discovering this. What the Bible is saying, what how God restored this earth, our planet, restored water. Now, I want you to think about something. In the fifth day when God brings forth uh, birds in this permanent, okay, the, we, what we call the first heaven is this air expanse between the earth, uh, the ground here and up there to outer space, we call the first heaven, okay? That's the first heaven to us, okay? Where the birds fly and the jets and planes fly and, and UFOs dot back and forth and all kinds of stuff, right? That first heaven, okay? <clears throat> so, but picture, if you will, that, okay, there was this first heaven, but when you go far enough above there, then there's this, like an ocean of water up there. And the further, again, it gets closer to outer space, it freezes over. Maybe a thin, however thin or thickness you want to describe it, but a a thin layer of ice crystals that formed like a barrier, okay, a a more solid barrier than just liquid water, okay? And so picture, if you will, on day five, God's calling forth, creating and calling forth water creatures, and so we have what we normally would think, okay, water creatures, the oceans, the rivers, the seas, you know, God's bringing forth water-based creatures, you know. But we haven't yet thought that if indeed there was waters above this first heaven, literal waters, literal ocean above our heads, that perhaps God also created water creatures in that ocean of water. 
Now, how would that be? How does that that would defy the laws of gravity, right? But the pre-flood Noah's flood world, what that God is restoring here, was a whole set, different set of mathematical, physical realities than what transpired how the earth became after Noah's flood. So we got to think outside the box here to realities that would seem, well, that can't be, you know, but how many times have scientists or amateurs, you know, the, the ones that think out the box, well, this can't be, but yet they discover, yes, indeed, that is how it is, okay, some kind of discovery, right? And it revolutionizes the way they view things or maybe some, uh, it was an accident in the laboratory, right? They weren't anticipating, but they came across um, um, some discovery that, that they're able to capitalize on. Now it's the latest gizmo out in the marketplace, making millions of dollars, right? But they never anticipated that. It was an accident. It was you know, tripping over themselves at night in the laboratory, and they found out the discovery. <laughs> These real, real genius people discovering things by accident, not because of their genius, you see. So picture, if you will, in Noah's flood when the waters above came crashing down. That would imply whatever life forms in those waters likewise came crashing down to the waters that were already below to those life forms. Now the book of Enoch mentions that prior to the Noah's flood, the way God restored things here is that there were six parts land and one part water. Whole different type of environment than what we are accustomed to post-flood. That would imply a whole different reality. <laughs> it really factors in on how the pre-flood world, how God had originally restored this planet, those realities. But picture, if you will, you know, this 40 days of rain, right? 40 days and 40 nights of rain coming down of whatever life, uh, water life was in up there come crashing down all over the place, right? <clears throat> Just uh, think outside the box on that one for a while. And I know we're getting to the top of the hour, but I hope I've introduced some some uh, outside-the-box thinking. So, in again, going back to the Miami Freak Show there, we can anticipate more of this happening. And there's an article, I won't, I don't have time to read it tonight, but it gets into how God set things up in these six days or ages of re restoration, how he purposely set things up, and it keys into the word of separation. How God separated one thing from another thing from another thing, including the life forms that had rebelled against them, well, separations. And what the powers that be are attempting to do today, and they are succeeding, okay, is erasing, eliminating those lines of delineation of separation so that those entities that are in those other rooms of the house have free access into your room. Picture also like it's a um, Leavenworth prison system, you know, the big, one of the biggest, worst prisons in the United States of America, right? But there's multiple uh, floors, multiple wings, and prison cells everywhere, right? 
okay? And everybody's let go. The, the, the electricity fails and all the, the doors open up and all the prisoners are, are free and they're rioting and everything. And they're going here, going there and killing the guards. And it's just one massive picture that surrounding us 24-7 when the electricity fails and all the doors are open and all the freaks come out with all their hatreds and vehemence locked away for eons of time. Do you think they're going to be happy campers when they're let loose? You can read about it in the book of Revelation. I mean, and God bless you all. You know, we'll continue this yeah. discussion in the future show. All right. Thank you, Brother Lauren, for joining us tonight. And God bless you all for joining us tonight. Thank you. It has been a long day, and I uh, think I think we're all hanging in there. Keep on hanging in there. Keep on seeking the Lord. And we will see you, Lord willing, Friday night at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil. And I want it to be a traditional one. Hopefully it won't be interrupted. In Jesus' name, pray. Please pray. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. See you then, Lord willing.
Thank you. 